0: Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Desert Island Games on the Retro Online Radio Network. I'm your host, John, a.k.a. gl 76 gaming This week, I'm delighted to welcome Chris, a.k.a. Novabug, on YouTube, a relatively new member of the Retro Online team. Um, he's got a YouTube channel that comes endorsed by Pointless Patamist, Long Voice Post 1975 and Steve Benway. Welcome, Chris, and thanks for coming on. Oh,
1: no problem, John. It's my pleasure.
0: And uh, how is it throat this evening? Are you feeling
1: better? <laughs> oh, if anyone's been following the, the live streams recently, they know my voice is a bit dodgy at the moment. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, aside from the odd cough here and there, oh, I'm going to fight through it and persevere, so I hope I'm uh, uh, e- e- eligible
0: for people listening. <laughs> yeah, it sounds a lot better, actually, from Friday anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it has got a little bit better. I feel my lapse into the croak.
0: <laughs> yeah. So your channel... Um, for anybody that doesn't follow it, um, I'm sure they probably do, but um you've got a lot of kinda of retro waffles, retro video gaming, like mm. 40, 46 minute gameplays and things like that. Um, what else have you got going on that uh, you might people might want to know about? Well they are the yeah, they're the two main focuses. Um
1: the, the retro waffle covers a lot of different stuff, anything I saw sort of <clears throat> either recent news, um you can cover that or uh, anything that I've Thought about uh, game system-wise that happened in the past. Um, we'll cover any, anything random like that that sort of comes to my head um, in, in a couple of um, uh, videos I've got coming up soon. One will be covering uh, the, um, the advertising campaign of the uh, failed Amstrad um, GX4000, which everyone knows I'm a, I'm
0: a ridiculous uh, fan of. <laughs> yeah. Uh But someone's got to like it, haven't they? <laughs> well, I'll, 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 I can't <laughs> see what they like not like it because i've never used it yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, it's just it's it's, it's it's an oddity i suppose you could call it so uh, it's something i've um i i've grown up with so you know it sort of stuck with me um what else uh i've got a I've got a rather nice pickup video coming up which uh, which is quite a haul uh, considering i got it completely free uh but um yeah. when that when that comes up uh, we'll see <clears throat> i also do a um what I call Arcade Memories uh, sequen, um, series, which is um, me growing up in the arcades of the 80s and the 90s, and what games um, I was heavily influenced by, and my memories of that game, in the as an arcade cabinet, of course, and uh, obviously touching on it when it was ported to a home system that I owned, uh, which I find uh, in- interesting to delve in.
0: Cool. Yeah, I was watching one of your previous pickup up videos, it's the one where you got the the PlayStation, and you got the the big big mother truckers game and all that. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> that, yeah, I was I was
1: kind of disappointed because the PlayStation actually didn't work. Um, but uh, the good news is I, I took it apart and got it fixed. So it turned out to be an easy fix in the end. So now it's
0: now it sits part of place, um, fully working. Right. So now now we know how to uh, who to go to to get our consoles fixed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well. The same, the same source that gave me it is actually, um, he's got, in, got his hands on a 3DO at the moment. <clears throat> so I don't know whether he's going to be sending it to me.
0: <laughs> I, think, I think he might be keeping it for himself. Uh, hmm. right,
1: so um, what made you want to start a YouTube channel then? I was, um, I was
0: uh, quite to be honest
1: up until about a year and a half ago, I was quite uh, despondent with my gaming. I was quite detached away from it. The only thing I was really playing was uh, Nintendo Wii, the yeah. original one. So I kind of sort of missed the last generation. Sort of. I, I, I don't have a PlayStation 3 or an Xbox 360. I kind of missed that sort of generation. <clears throat> and then I thought, why did I miss that generation? I don't understand. I never sort of, went cold turkey, as it were, after the PlayStation 2, <coughs> or the... Uh, I missed the GameCube as well. Uh, that was a nightmare. <laughs> I wish, wish I'd focused on that. Oh. So I thought, well, I'd, I'd get back into it. And the way I got back into it was through uh, another website I write for. <coughs> uh, and I was offered the opportunity to write uh, reviews uh, for retro games and retro systems on that site. Um, and I thought, yeah, I'll give that a go. And, it, and, I, and I enjoy it very much. And I started making a couple of just very very quick um, Gameplay videos of some of the games I was reviewing right and I thought I could add commentary to that and a bit of history and I tell you what why not get in front of the camera as well Cool. so the first video I made was my um, fact video about the GX 4000 uh, because I saw a few, there's not many videos on it, of course, but a few videos get a lot of the facts wrong about it and Mm -hmm. just dismiss it as a load of rubbish. But apart from the fact, obviously, it didn't sell and it was a flop, it it kind of sort of falls into that bracket where it was technically a good machine, but, of course, it was never going to compete with the big guys. Mm -hmm. So a lot of parallels with systems like the Atari Lynx, in a way, because uh, it kind of never stood a chance against the Game Boy because of the because of how big Nintendo were and their marketing power. Mm.
0: So, I, I, that's
1: what I, I, everyone likes an underdog, don't they? So.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was kind of forced into like an underdog when I was growing up because um, I always wanted a Commodore or a Spectrum. But for Christmas, uh, this is going to make me sound really ungrateful. But yeah, for <laughs> Christmas, I got that a, a one called a, an Atari 65XE. Yeah. So it was Atari's take on the 8-bit computer um, and I was always like, oh, what the Commodore? I kind of fell in love with it and I still get mm-hmm. for memories of it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I can know where you're coming from. It was it was my, it was the first console I owned. It was the Duke twelve thousand. So maybe that's
1: where, where it stays with me. Yeah. Um,
0: um, so what's this, uh, what's the website that you write for? Uh, the, uh, it's called the Pixel Empire. Pixel Empire. Yes. And do you... Sorry, it, it,
1: it covers every system um, it's, uh, it's what We describe it as a retro a, a, a Retrospective review site So we don't have any deadlines On say modern, new games And we don't dismiss any games As long as it's on a, a game system yeah. uh, We'll cover that system And we'll cover the game on it uh, The only thing that we omit Is uh, or obviously arcade cabinets Because um, we like to Actually play the raw game Off the original system when we can yeah, so uh, we admit arcades, but apart from that, everything,
0: everything else is uh, fair game. I shall check it out. I meant to beforehand, but I get sidetracked by um, Mega Drive emulator. <laughs> um, we've, got
1: a, we've got we've got a nice handful of Mega Drive um, reviews on, of course. So,
0: right, and do you go by the name of Novabug on there as well? No, I go by my own name on that. Yeah, uh, Nova
1: Bug is a uh, is. Is something that I I, st- I stumbled across NovaBug when I was... Um, do you remember the early days of Yahoo Chat and um,
0: ICQ and stuff like that? ICQ, yeah. Modern, modern, sorry, yeah. Going
1: back to the old chat rooms, which were obviously outlawed. Um, um I, 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 did, I couldn't think of a handle, because what I I did would I would just call myself... Because I'm a big Red Dwarf fan, I think everyone knows that. And yeah. uh, I, I used to call myself Starbug. And I thought, well, I don't like... It's directly nicking a name off the show, and I don't like that. So I thought I'd just come up with something. So I just ended up mixing two of the names of the ships from Red Dwarf, and Nova Bug is the result, and it stuck. Yeah, and
0: I was. Yeah, I was going to mention that you've already told me previously, right enough. But it's uh, Nova Five, which is the one yeah. that Crichton was rescued from, and obviously Starbug. Yeah,
1: that's yeah. right. Yeah, it's the mixture of the two, and yeah. and it, it just stuck. I, I just I just like the name.
0: um... Selfishly, I suppose. Oh, well, it could have been worse. It could have been (laughs) smegheads. Yes,
1: yes. uh, No connotation to what the word Smeg means. But if anyone
0: wants to know, look in a medical dictionary. I remember watching one of the (coughs) extras on the Red Wolf DVD and they had a kind of fan fan conference thing and somebody asked them that question and they're just kind of... They're kind of panel.
1: Oh, yeah, that was on the... um, yeah, it was one of the Dimension Jump conventions. Yeah, and when one of the audience members said, "Um, well, what does snakehead mean?" and they all started the
0: type. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, as you can probably tell, I'm a massive Red Dwarf fan as well. Ah, good man. Currently doing my annual watch through. <laughs> just started. No, same at, as you are at the moment. I just started at the weekend, so I'm still on season one. Uh, I watched. Right. I was just literally before, well, I was having my dinner there before the show. I was in. Episode five of the first six or so. Yeah. Uh, I,
1: like, like like you said yesterday on the um pointing clips, I could talk red dwarf for
0: days. So <laughs> Well we better, we better get off the topic before we I end think up. Sp- <laughs> this is like it was like with gas Gashead as well when we started talking about strange now that was the last one I watched. <laughs> yeah, um, I noticed it come up in my um, Gashead. My timelines, yeah, you liked the the um, gas head one. <laughs> right. Um, I'm going to move on from Redworth, um, actually. I'll, um, but before I move on as well, just to say that um YouTube channel for anybody that doesn't know is um, www.youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Novabug. Yeah. yeah. Just,
1: uh, if you type in Novabug and jx 1000, I'm sure you'll hit me. <laughs>
0: <coughs> I, yeah, I was going to ask you about GX the GX4000, but you already covered it before I even asked you, so brilliant. There <laughs> <laughs> you go, that's
1: me in the history of the GX.
0: <laughs> before I go on to the games, uh, I'd just like to say this show is going to be dedicated to uh, Harold Ramis, um, Dr. Egon from Ghostbusters, who sadly passed away today after a kind of four-year illness. I think he... Passed away peacefully today.
1: Um, it was a, a,
0: blood, a blood disorder, I think, yeah. wasn't it? it was a, ra- yeah, some a kind of rare blood disorder or something. It was a bit
1: of a shock, a bit of a shock. And um,
0: Shine. Yes. Yeah, age 69. Obviously, <laughs> more, obviously famous for being in the Ghostbusters films, but um, I think he was in, I think he was in Groundhog Day as well. Oh, he
1: directed Groundhog Day. He yes, directed
0: so. Groundhog Day. There you go. Well,
1: one of my very favourite films.
0: I love it. Yeah. Oh, what's Fantastic
1: film. Fantastic film. So
0: Yeah, I might see um Harold Remis. Indeed. Anyway, moving on. So, um for anybody that's not listened to the show before, each week we invite a guest to choose eight retro games that we take on to a desert island as well as one book and one notary item. And what is not a complete rip off of an hour show. <laughs> 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 um so we'll move on to your eight games and um these are known uh they're in no particular order, but it's just the order you've given me them in, so. Yeah, yeah, The yeah. uh, first one being Super Mario World, I believe, on the snare.
1: Yes, yes, yes. It's, um, Super Mario World kind of, it sort of sparked a renaissance moment for me, um, because I was so 8-bit, um, at the time, <clears throat> and because I'd, um, followed... Kept kept with the eight bits in in, in, in the form of the GX four thousand and foregone the Mega Drive stupidly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you, know, you live and learn. Yes. Um, and a friend of mine got himself a, a, a new Super NES, and um, the first game he had was Mario World. And from the moment he put it on, it was, I was, it was it was it was like nothing you would seen before on a screen because it was so defined, so crisp, so clear, fast. Um, it was it was it was a giant leap away from the eight bits for them for me, yeah. um, and and it's just like I said a renaissance moment. It's sort of like wow, I mean, that's that's proper progress. And I think from the, from that moment the Super Nintendo became very, you know, it took over. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Super Nintendo did. It. it took over me at that point, and, and it's still. I, I, I would hasten to say that the Super NES is probably still my favourite console.
0: Ooh, even above the GX4000?
1: Yeah, it is. It is a <laughs> yeah, I know I love that machine, but I, I know it's failings. So uh, I know the Super <laughs> NES doesn't have them failings. <laughs> um, but, um, it, yeah, Super Mario World well sparked that off. Um, And things I remember about it was, was, was seeing Mode 7 for the first time, which yeah. was a I think for a lot of people when they saw Mode 7 for the first time they sort of like were a bit surprised in what they were actually watching
0: Yeah. Um,
1: because even though that we'd seen the speed so called blast processing that the Mega Drive gave us we'd never seen anything like, like Mode 7 the way it scaled whole backgrounds and, and, and morphed whole sprites it was quite an interesting thing to watch and, and quite cool I remember you, you, a sequence, you'd see a
0: sequence and you think, yeah, that was cool. You know. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, if my research is correct, this came out, well, it came out in 1990, but I think we didn't get it until 1992. Um, yeah, oh, wow. uh, non- 91, 92,
1: 92 yeah. 92, yeah. And, um, I just, it was, it, yeah, another thing, it seemed to be, a big leap away from uh, Mario 3 yeah. as well. Uh, because I love Mario 3, and I didn't have it, of course, because I, I didn't have an NES, but a friend had NESs, and we just literally go around there to play Mario 3. Um, and it just seemed... It, to take the cues, all the all the, all the classic Mario cues, mm. but then enhance them in this um, in the dinosaur land, or the dinosaur world, I can't
0: remember what it's called now, uh, Dinosaur Island? Is that it? <laughs> I'm not a Mario fan.
1: But <laughs> like um and the amount of levels it had of course as
0: well. <clears throat> and secrets you could find in it. it
1: um, was unprecedented for that time. For me.
0: Yeah. Uh Mario's a popular pick I want to do a guest though. I think this was the, the first um Super Mario World. Um, I'm going to at some point get off Mars and make a kinda of <laughs> database of games that people have picked which Mario games to play yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, what what games people have picked on the show <coughs> I
1: guess sort of Mario 3 might have been in there at some point or yeah
0: something like that. yeah Mario 3's been picked a couple of times definitely I think if memory serves correctly maybe year's video game did pick that but uh,
1: yeah I can understand why yeah I understand it's um yeah it was it, I, when I was compiling the list for um Desert Island games it was, it was kind of I kind of thought Well I could pick Eight of my All time favourite games
0: Yeah But then I
1: thought Well That's very well and good But some of my All time favourite games Are rather short And I know everything About them so would they really serve me well <laughs> if
0: yeah. I was on an island? I think this is great, and everybody that's come on has done similar things, so they've given yeah. that what for? thought, whereas when I picked my own ones in like a pile of episodes, I just picked eight of my fa- very favourite games that I've played inside out. So, um,
1: so. Yeah, Yeah. so so I thought, well, whilst, whilst some of these games are some of my favorite, very favourite games, um, and they're not necessarily my all-time top eight, if you get that. Don't you? yeah so the Mario World is, is probably in my top 10 definitely um, but it would it would serve me well because it's it's, it's a long game it's you can it, you know there's lots of things I don't know I've probably found everything you can find in Mario World but I'm guessing that there would be something I could find <laughs> still in it all, after all these years
0: or well, there will be there will be okay <laughs> um, I'll move on to the next one then number two and that is tape uh, and you've not stated what um, platform, but it did come out for PC Engine, Sega Master System, Spectrum, and Amstrad. I'm guessing it was the Amstrad version. It did, yeah, it did,
1: yeah. yeah. No, no, I'm not, not picking the Amstrad version because that was garbage.
0: Uh, which,
1: <laughs> so which, which version would you be? Uh, well, yeah. I, I didn't state a version for a reason, because right. uh, I'm not sure which version. Ah. it would be, it would be either. The, the arcade is tempted, The arcade version, the arcade original. <clears throat> but I think I might cheat a bit right. by saying I would choose R types on the PlayStation One, which right. is a direct arcade port, but it also includes R type two as well on the disc.
0: That's cool. People, <laughs> am I, am yeah. I allowed
1: to cheat like that?
0: <laughs> people people have picked, uh, compilations. I've, you know, if it comes in the same disc then, or the same package then. Mm. It's all fair game to me.
1: It's a carbon copy of the arcade original, so I think, um, yeah, I would probably choose the PlayStation One version of it.
0: So this is a futuristic fighters craft air uh, fighter game, isn't it? It's
1: yeah, scrolling uh, shoot 'em up. Yeah.
0: Um, it's
1: uh, 1987, I think it came out.
0: Iron. Yeah. it. Various, well, the various real estates from, from yeah. 87 to 91,
1: yeah. It was originally uh, developed from Irem, and um,
0: and I think what it,
1: it, it brought to the table for shoot 'em up something you've not seen before, and that was the crazy weaponry uh, that you could adorn your craft with. Uh, and a very key thing in it, which, which you call the Force, obviously not lifted from Star Wars at all. Of course. Mm. <laughs> but it, it's an interesting addition to the genre because it it gives you this invulnerability at the very front of your craft or at the very rear of your craft and you can use it as a mobile weapon Mm. uh, remotely so it added that extra dynamic to the game and it was something you really did need to use because R type is legendary for being the one of the most hardest games ever (laughs) it really is um so it, it wasn't the kind of game you can just sit there and blast away Certain shoot 'em ups you can just sit down quite easily and have a happy go at it and get quite far. Um, yeah. R-Type, you, it, there's a lot of replaying in it, a lot of learning where to be at certain times, at certain points, and what enemies to shoot at certain times, and what, and what weaponry to carry through to different points. Yeah. There are a lot of points in the game where it would give you the opportunity to change your weapon, your special weapon, and then, and then you'd realise in the next... Sort of part that that weapon would be totally
0: useless against them. so yeah. yeah I, so it's so it's also one that would um, keep your mind taken over if, if you're running it on. Run it does, and it's um because
1: it's so hard. I mean, i I've, I've I've been playing it since since the uh, late eighties. I've never completed it in one sitting, never, because it's still it's
0: still that tough. Um. That, well, that would be something you could be de- determined to do if you were <laughs> not doing anything else anyway. You're oh, you yeah, you, it. Well, you, you would certainly, yeah. Challenge
1: yourself <laughs> to do it in one sitting. <laughs> I, think, I think the other thing I like about it as well is it was one of our first uh, shoot-em-ups to put a proper backstory yes. in, about the, um, the the Baidu Empire, which yes. are the enemies you're against. And, and they're were, they were, they were, they were a race of mutants that are created by us. Um, so it's that old sort of sci-fi cliche. But saying that, it wasn't a cliche when it was done. So, and that was an interesting twist um, into it. And the artwork that went into the enemies, especially the boss characters, was quite horrific. And <laughs> and it reminded me of Alien. Right. Because it was very H.R. Giger in the design of it. Especially, uh, I mean, I think I think all of us. I think yourself, John. You must have seen. The picture of the first end of level
0: boss, which is quite um, a, very similar to an alien, a xenomorph. I would probably recognise it if I seen it. I can't picture it in my head right now, but yeah, for, I'm, I'm I'm sure i I would have seen it at some point. Yeah. Yeah. So two um,
1: heads and <laughs> quite a scary thing, and yeah.
0: um, I can't remember its name. It's like Dob Dob keratops. Yeah, that was it. Uh, <laughs> I I did take a note of the name of the the craft, but I didn't take a note of the of the enemy. But the craft was called uh, Arrowhead. Yes, the R nine Arrowhead. Yes. R R9, nine nine A Arrowhead. That's it. Yes, so i Name for its shape because it's the ninth model in the R series of fighter craft. Yeah. yeah. Um, they I think they I think they retconned it in a later game
1: uh, where they described it. The reason why it was named R was because of uh, just the front of the craft was rounded um, but that was just a silly retcon they did I think, I think they did it. I think they did it in R-Type Final which was probably ironically the last game
0: <laughs> is this the game that Scott the console snob sent to one boys post? I
1: think yeah he sent
0: him R-Type Final yeah, uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> on, on PS2 yeah.
0: yeah we can choose
1: um Different variations of the R- R9 fighters.
0: Yeah, I think I think Dave Neal had a a little accident. These chairs have that. Well,
1: I of did. Actually, I, I, I had sent him a message, and I actually did when I actually saw the video. I felt, I felt me see. It. I thought, oh, what a game. <laughs> <laughs> that is a it's one, of, it's one of the ones I don't have in my PS2 uh, repertoire, and it's one of the ones I do really want. So
0: I'll be I'll be looking this year to get it. Cool. It'll be interesting to see if Dave picks up when I feel I like get one. Ah, oh, you'll get him on, no worries. I <laughs> know yeah, it's just... Um, he's been having some internet issues, I think, so... The, um, I think ha-
1: the... I did actually have um, a copy of our types the version I would choose for Desert Island, um, and I lent it to an old workmate and never saw it again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've done that a few times. Yeah, so, hey, you know... He- don't don't do it. I advise people. <laughs> I've never given anybody a loan of anything again. No, no. After that point, I thought, well, only family. Yeah. So apart from one instance, and I think I've, I've said this story a couple of times, uh, this this was not to be helped. Uh, I did give. Um, you know, we talked about the point in last night. I did give yeah. um, a girl on work a loan of my Monk island's bounty collection, but um, she she get killed in a car crash in Canada, so. Uh, I wasn't going to hand her for the games back. No, sorry. No.
1: <laughs> as long as she was okay.
0: So... No no, she died. Oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no. It's Not as if it was mega close to, close to anything, but it's pretty sad. But anyway. No, you
1: no, can't. Unfortunately, it's out of your hands, I suppose. And can't
0: yeah. Be I suppose it's meant to be. It's a few years ago now, right enough. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, we'll move on to the next one before I get all emotional. <laughs> um. <laughs> Sorry, is, uh... sorry, John, i <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I, I was the one who brought it up. <laughs> um, so the next game is um, Wipeout 3, which is stylised Wipeout, but the E is a free.
1: That's right, yeah. yeah.
0: Third, uh, The
1: third Wipeout from uh,
0: the much-missed Psygnosis. Yeah, Psygnosis, famous for um, Lemmings as well, of course. Yes, Lemmings, and, uh,
1: Shadow of the Beast, yes. um, Blood Money.
0: Another one. brilliant company. We all missed. Yeah. They did make some fantastic games, and um
1: Sony have pulled the plug. mean yeah.
0: so, so yeah. So out of all the wipeouts, um, why this particular one? Um, the first
1: wipeout I played was actually um, 2097, the second one, <clears throat> and um, I liked that a lot. And uh, wipeout three was. I, it, it, for me, Wipeout 3 sort of ironed out all the little problems I had with the previous game um, because the, I thought the concept was great. It was like an F-Zero on acid, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and the other thing that... Well, the, the two things that blow me away about Wipeout 3 are, are, is the presentation on the PlayStation um, because to have a game that looks and run, runs as smooth as it does and, and look looks so high-res... Uh, on, a, on, a, on a system with them limitations is quite incredible I thought um, yeah. especially when you saw other races on, on it which were nowhere near uh, the quality of what Wipeout 3 could give you in the sense of speed yeah. it could give you and then to top it all off it had an absolutely
0: barnstorming soundtrack of course it did this, um, pati- this particular version had um, Orbital and the Camembert oh. of course and the, the yeah. propeller heads and uh, led
1: by um, DJ Sasha Uh did the theme expander for it? Yeah, that was one of the best. Friends.
0: I mean, it was a good game in the right? But your music, the music definitely helped. That's another reason why I would take it to the desert island because if, you know—if I was going to have my music
1: as well, then I'd just take the music from Wipeout Three. That'd be enough. <laughs> Is that your kind of
0: music? I'd be like all sorts. I like all sorts. I like across stuff. I mean,
1: you know, one minute I'll be listening to a bit of Orbital. Now they are my—they are probably my favourite band. Orbital. Um, because they're just so way out there.
0: Yeah.
1: I like that kind of stuff. But on the other hand, of course, I'll, I'll quite happily pick up um, Pink Floyd, Iron Maiden, bit of Bowie, <laughs> anything really. Uh, Oasis. Uh, you know, anything, anything that's good, I'll good. listen to. So when I say good, I admit everything that's R and B. Yeah,
0: I like about. I mean, my, my main thing is classic rock heavy metal but i do like yeah. um, a lot of dance stuff like prod- prodigy and all that stuff yeah well you can't be a
1: bit of prodigy especially when they mix their uh, sort of genres together don't they so <clears throat>
0: beastin boys
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah you get on with my brother then john because he, he's big into his heavy rock and metal um, yeah he really does uh, like a lot of that stuff and he um some of it's a bit too much for me but i'll give it a listen
0: yeah, I, I like a I like a lot of kind of I don't listen to heavy metal, or heavy rock when I'm trying to drift off to sleep. but a lot, I like a lot of kind of chill out. You know, yeah. you know, like um, I don't know if you've ever heard um, Ocean Colour Scene B sides album. Uh, it's yeah, all, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. kind of acousticy, mm. mellow. I, I like listening to things like that. Yeah, like, like, a, like a bit of ambient, something like that. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, wipe out. <laughs> um. It's hard as well. I think yeah. what
1: three, and another thing about what three, is um, it's 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 tough, it's tough, it's, it's not. The first game seemed because I went backwards into the what series, and, and when I planned that, and the first game seems ridiculously short when you compare it to the next two, and and even the fourth game fusion. Um, and I think that's another thing about what three. It seemed much more expansive and, and and lengthy, and of course when you get it onto phantom level then you
0: you just you know you, I don't think your brain can go quick enough to catch up with it I mean yeah as, <laughs> it, I, I'm a worse. I wouldn't play it at that level anyway to be honest <laughs> <laughs> easy levels hard enough for me but, uh, the tracks are well designed
1: as well yeah. that's another thing it, it's got I mean you get a lot of futuristic races where the tracks can be a bit bland yeah and samey and um, the, the eight tracks that, the eight primary tracks that Wipeout 3 has are all they all pose different challenges, and they're all, they're all unique in their own way. I mean, the, the first track, I think, Port Okora, deli- you can see it's deliberately designed to sort of get you back into the game, to, yeah. to help you sort of blend into the game at a gentle speed. Mm-hmm. And then you play something like the PriMA Project, which is off the chart. Yeah. So it's got a nice balance and a decent learning curve, and everything that I like about a decent racing
0: game. The, the, the mistake I always make with Wipeout, and I think this would probably explain why I'm crap at it, is I'll, I'm always treating it like... I've got a mindset like it's a, an actual racing game, like car racing game, so... Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm like... It's, it's more like, like flying, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm kind of... I'm trying to and things and braking and, as if I'm in a car, so... It's, it's no. all
1: about the air braking, John. Yes. Got, look, I think a lot of people... Um, I, you know, like a lot of people will play kart races and they won't use the drifts. Yes. Uh, because they can't get on with the drifts. Like I think Sonic, Hedge Rage Racing, Mario Kart, of course, Diddy Kong Racing, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think what that is, that's a sort of a drift function, which yeah. is a little bit more temperamental. <laughs> so... Something you have to master, I think. Uh, well, you we all have to master, of course, to uh, be successful
0: in a game like that. Uh, I've got a mate that's a massive, massive Wipeout fan. In fact, he keeps, ba- he keeps buying new consoles because like, uh, usually there's a launch title for Wipeout. It was yeah. launched on PlayStation 1 and then PlayStation 2. And, I can't and, and most
1: recently the Vita,
0: I believe, as well. V- yes, I got uh, I got Vita launch, and that was one of the games I got was Wipeout. Yeah. And the thing I liked about it as well is you could could race on the Vita version against somebody who was racing on the PS3 version. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: it's fantastic, fantastic about it. And I believe it's a prequel in the storyline as well. It is,
0: yes. In the timeline,
1: it's actually set before the first game. Yeah,
0: it's Out 2048 or something it's called. Yeah, something like that. It's a a prequel, but but yet still they seem to have more advanced ships. Yeah, <laughs> on are yeah. suffering from Star Wars syndrome.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so we go we go further back in time in Star Wars, and everything gets better, weirdly
0: yeah. enough. <laughs> Funny enough, I've got uh, not plugging anything, but uh, just because we we'll talked about it, I've got. Um, it's not this Friday, but the Friday after I'm doing my Friday night racing series, and the next one's Little Big Planet, which is like a game. But the next one after that is a uh, wipeout. I've already got it ready to go. Oh, uh, what is no, 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 I'll HD on the PlayStation. I'll oh, wipe HD on the plate. Yeah, that one, yeah. Yeah. That's the oh. sixth
1: that six title. Fifth of six, isn't it? Something like that. Oh, that
0: well, that's the lost count. Yeah, there's many of them.
1: Yeah. Well, there won't be now, unfortunately, but there we go.
0: Yeah, no, the HD one's pretty nice.
1: It is. I haven't played it, because, like I said, um,
0: PlayStation is not my thing, but uh, I've seen it, and it does look uh, rather nifty. Well, you'll see some footage of it a week on Friday. Great. Um, well, I, look, I look forward to that. Some, um... Poor gameplay. If uh, Steve Benway would say, I'm playing a game
1: badly. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Steve plays himself down sometimes. I think he's better than he thinks he is.
0: I was watching his um, Gran Turismo 6 one recently. It was, there's no way he was playing that game badly, I can tell you.
1: No, no, he's good at Gran Turismo, certainly. Better than me. I was the last time I played Gran Turismo anyway. So. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm not bad at Gran Turismo. Uh, I do like a bit of that. Yeah. yeah. Talking about wipeout. I can't remember the name of this game now, so it's pretty pointless. But I'm going to say it anyway. I get invited to um, a beta test of the, a new game that was coming out. It's a very, very wipeout esque. Yeah. I got invited to a beta test a couple of months ago. It's like a, a browser based game. Right. It was really, really nice. I must remember the name of it now, but. um uh, there are there were there are a few clones, sort yeah. of clone
1: games of wipeout that do the do the rounds. They have been for a few years now. I, again, like yourself, I can't I can't think of any of the names off the top of my head.
0: Well, I, I jumped onto this Peter test um, for the game. I can't remember the name of. And it, the first the level that I was playing was it was kind of it reminded me of the Star Wars uh, Phantom Menace near the podrace. Yeah. yeah oh yeah 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 yeah. I remember yeah. that yeah. Okay, so,
1: anything else you want to add to Wipeout? Um, no, but it is my, um, yeah, the only, it, it was tricky to pick it uh, because I think another thing when I was compiling the list, I didn't want to sort of uh, put two of the same genre in the list either. Yeah. And so it was a close call between Wipeout 3 and uh, Gran Turismo 3 A-Spec and actually Burnout Revenge. Um, because I do like them two races a lot as well.
0: Yeah,
1: Oh, well. Um, it, was tu- it was touch and go. Oh well, <laughs> I think for sound, I think for soundtrack purposes only, Wipeout Three edged it.
0: Cool. That, yeah, definitely the soundtrack is brilliant. Yeah. Mm. I think um, once I run out of guests doing this um, retro games, uh, I might change it to modern games. Yeah, in the, in the future, but. That's off in often future So that was the third game, I believe. Yeah, I think it was. So the fourth one is one that's been picked numerous times already, and it's Tetris. Yeah. Um, would that be the Game Boy, not like the original Game yeah, Boy? Yeah, of yeah. Course, of course, course,
1: of course, of um, course. Yeah. you, you I, Well, you know, if, if you said to someone what puzzle game would you want to take with you for the rest of your life, I think a lot of people would say Tetris. Um, Maybe not everyone. Um, but I would, I would see Lemmings. Well, <laughs> you see, I, yeah, Lemmings is a puzzle game, technically, isn't it? I suppose, but, uh, yeah. It is it is great. Um, it was in my shortlist. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Tetris is. I, I I described Tetris once in a review I did of it, of a game which crosses borders without limits. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it's a game that can translate into anybody's language. Um, a lot of especially RPGs and, and and a lot of platform stuff they can get sort of lost in translation can't they yeah
0: um,
1: so a, a game like Tetris which is as, as simple as the concept is it's just a genius concept at the same time
0: so uh, yeah it's quite it's simplicity
1: yeah Um. and I think it's I mean there's never a time when I mean it's because it, it's because of the age of it and of the amount of games and, and choices we have nowadays, it's it's sort of not the game that's sort of first thing you to your head. Oh, what game shall I play? Oh, let's play Tetris. But when you sort of chance upon it and think, I'll give it a play, there's a good. There's a good chance you'll sit there for hours on it. Yeah. And and you look at the clock and you think, oh my word, that's just taken another couple of hours of my life.
0: Yeah, it's just one of those ones, is Just one more go, one more go. Yeah. I've got to do this level. And... Very addictive. Mm-hmm. Very addictive game. Um
1: so I think it would uh, it would make the time pass a lot.
0: Yeah, that's that's what we mentioned, um CS so yeah, is made probably the fifth or sixth time that somebody's picked it and that's that's mm-hmm. why the things it was discussed, is it would pass so much time. It would. Yeah.
1: And it, and it and it's again, like I say, one of those games it just doesn't ever seem to get boring. Um and I don't know it's difficult to put your finger on it really, but I don't know. I suppose the tune might might do you head in <laughs> after a while. Yeah,
0: definitely. So did you have that when it came out or did you play it
1: Yeah, out? yeah, yeah. When I when I got my first Game Boy, it was the first game I had with it. Um, I had um, Super Mario Land, uh, Tetris and uh, Bad and Rad Skate or Die. My God. <laughs> <laughs> I've still got that up actually. Um, yeah, I haven't played it <laughs> for a while. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Well, it's it's kind of nothing like the original Skate or Die.
0: Yeah. It's more like a
1: scrolling, I can't remember now, I think it's more like a a scrolling obstacle course style of game, like like a Metrocross, a bit like that. But that was, yeah, one of the first three games I got on my Game Boy. So, um, but uh, Tetris seems to be always the one, it's, it's always there, just hiding in a corner, and never never doesn't you know you can't get through a couple of months without you know five minutes on tetris can you so
0: no nah. i mean that my problem is um, with puzzle games i'm a bit thick so <laughs> I, I was um i was forming a i was forming columns because i'm going to do that in a drive monday yeah and, and, i like that i like that you <laughs> wait to see me try to play this game Terry. <laughs> I i tell you what i'll give you a challenge john I have a go at a game called Clax. have you ever played that I've heard it. Yeah, I think I might have. I've heard yeah. it. Certainly, that's, that's that's a fun puzzle game. Clacks. Yeah. What we would I get? i probably oh,
1: get get, get yeah. it on iOS. I'd imagine. Oh yeah, you can get it on know. everything, mate. It, it was ported to everything. Yeah. It was um, it was Atari's attempt to go head to head with Tetris. Yeah. Um. So it was ported to a lot of stuff, and it, and it was a success. But of course, it couldn't touch Tetris in yeah. the end. But it's kind of um. It does have a bit of column sort of block stacking thing about it. So I've got a gameplay on it if you're interested. It's on my channel. So, Onplex. Yeah,
0: I shall check it out. <laughs> it was one of the few games that was put on the GX1000. So. Ah. Mm. I think I might have played it. I have definitely, definitely recognized the name. I probably have played it. I'm sure I I think the Amiga version was awesome. Yeah. Um, I remember the. I mean, obviously, you
1: know my history with the Amiga is very small. Yes. So, but. Like I say, it's a, another one of these situations where friends had Amigas and then I would play their Amigas, and um, <clears throat> the version of Clax has this excellent, excellent soundtrack, and again, it's just, you always find yourself sort of listening to a soundtrack that the Paula Chip has done, and you think, bloody hell, it was good, wasn't it? That chip was brilliant from that machine, so
0: so maybe we could maybe we could put the music from Clax into tetris and it might make it the perfect game It'd be interesting wouldn't it yeah. Yeah.
1: certainly <laughs> as long as it's not that awful doctor Sting remix of tetris's
0: <laughs> oh no <laughs> i was going to say something else on tetris but what's uh, my train of thought now <laughs> well it's um it's
1: russian there's another one that's interesting about it of course
0: yeah it was developed
1: behind the Iron Curtain
0: yeah programmed by Alexey Padlinoff whatever he's called Pajitnoff Pajitnoff in 1984 Yeah. I've got that in my notes from the last time another thing I like about it as well
1: it's got a very interesting
0: backstory
1: of the development of the game how it was developed and how it ended up in Nintendo's hands
0: Yes, I, did, I read it when I was when I was researching it for a It's
1: almost like it. a spy story, isn't it?
0: Yeah,
1: it's incredible, really. So. Well, it is
0: Russian, so. Oh yeah, it was.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to have that. Like, one of the most famous games on the planet is 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 Russian,
0: so mad. But it's nice to keep everything mixed up. You know, not everything's Japanese and American. So. Indeed. That's what I was going to ask but, um, when I lost my train of thought there. Um, talking about GS4000 again and mm. sort of, Talking about games that get the list in multiple formats. Did Lemmings ever get the list for GX Four Thousand? He didn't. Know. No, um, it it came out on the Amstrad CPC, ah. and, and
1: like I think, I think, I think, I've never come across a port of Lemmings which has been bad. So it was a very good, a very good version of it, an eight-bit version, of course, but it was a bit good. Um, it was in full color, which I thought was amazing. Um, so the Amstrad did a good job of it. It did.
0: Yeah, I was uh, recently actually, probably at the weekend. I was watching um, gaming history source. Um, Let's compare uh, lemons. Uh, we've done it for his like, ten thousand sub special or something.
1: Yeah, I love it when he does that. Yeah, yeah. yeah he could, he and
0: uh, yeah, the Amsterdam one looked pretty good. Mm. The the spectrum one has got funny colours.
1: But the, I think it's just the limitations of the Spectrum system. Yeah. I, I was watching um, Monkey Spaz's video.
0: I watched that one as well. Yeah, on,
1: on the te- on on the Lemmings but uh, um, on Spectrum version Lemmings. And I'd never played it or seen it, and um, I wasn't surprised that it was in
0: single colour. Yeah. Um, but um, I would imagine playing it would be a similar experience. Funny enough, I think he went out and bought that after he came on Desert Alien Games and we were talking about it and I told <laughs> him I said there was a special version they didn't even know so I think we um, found it on eBay or something the next day I th- another one of them games that sort of came out in
1: every system wasn't it so yeah that's why I wondered about the my favourite version of it is actually um, the Super Nintendo version
0: yeah the one that you've uh, done game gameplay of yeah yeah
1: um, I know a lot of people who held obviously the Amiga version because it was the original um, yeah. but um I I do like the Super Nintendo version because for a game that demands a mouse it works well with a D-pad so interestingly because not a lot of games can pull that trick off when they're mouse based
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think of
1: everyone's
0: Uh, uh, Well, you've got got Command & Conquer, of course Yeah, Um, yeah, Cannon Fodder
1: Cannon Fodder works well, actually, on the SNES Uh, not as well as the Amiga version, no way um, but I don't think C&C worked very well
0: yeah it's very awkward yeah uh, I think uh, my my favourite moments just got to be the Amiga because that's where I played yeah. it first well, place but I, uh, I do I do have fond memories actually of um, playing, it, playing it on the Sega Master System because I had a Sega Master System back in the day and uh, uh, that version had uh, a few extra levels in it as well that the Amiga, the Amiga didn't have no, that's cool that's cool yeah. Sega say, say, say specific
1: limb. did you ever um, did you ever get through all the Mayhem levels
0: probably not <laughs>
1: I don't I, I, there was a fair few on the Mayhem that I couldn't I couldn't
0: do so I can't remember if I picked the lemons when I'd done my choices but um if I didn't, then I definitely would pick it. Because think about it. Now what yeah. you got me thinking now that I should have picked it over Tetris.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I've done it now. I'm sticking with Tetris.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, the next game is um, Secret of Mana. Yes. And I have to admit, I had to do a bit of research into this one because uh, I'd never heard of it in my life. <coughs> it's a snail's game anyway, isn't it? Yes. Yes. And yeah. um, known in Japan as Psychonauts
1: um, Tetris 2. Um, JRPG.
0: So it is. Yes.
1: Um, it's oh I, where do I start Secret of Mana probably <laughs> my this this probably is my all time favourite game mm. um, certainly all time favourite JRPG and that, that I mean, I mean I, I'm elevating it above things like Final Fantasy 7 yeah and, and of course Legend of Zelda Link to the Past and Wind Waker and stuff like that um, it's I played this after Link to the Past and it just seemed a little bit more, f- a little bit more smoother, easier on the eye, comfortable to play. Um, the 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 system of men- the, the ring menu system that they implement in the game yes. is so user friendly. Um, and you think, well, why doesn't why didn't every JRPG have this sort of point? And I think a couple of the sequels used it as well. Uh, because it's just it's just it's it's in and out of gameplay. You don't have to, you don't have to stop gameplay. You obviously everything's real time battles in this. Uh, it doesn't obviously stop for battle mode or anything. Uh, but you know you want to change a weapon. Bring the ring bring the ring menu up. You don't even leave your game screen. You you, you switch your weapon. Bang and you continue. It's quick as that. And, and it works for all the all the things that you would expect in a, in an RPG. Um, you know, health, um, stats. Armor, everything.
0: Yeah, it sounds great. Intuitive um, menu system. It is. It's um, and a,
1: that is one thing that sort of brings you into the game. It's got a great story. Obviously, it's, it's a rip-off story of the um, the Sword and the Stone story. So, but it's the Japanese putting their twist on it. I think um, I think the original title translates as Legend of the Sacred Sword or Legend of the Holy Sword.
0: It's, uh, so I've got it here, it says, um, Legend of the S- Sacred Sword 2. You know, it's like the Sacred Sword, yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. It's a 1993 action role-playing game, mm-hmm. developed by Square, which are now Square Enix.
1: Yeah, Square stuff, yeah. of course, yeah, now ruined by Square Enix.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know it this was, um, in North America it was called Final Fantasy Adventure.
1: Yeah, they did put a name to it, yeah. yeah. And um, I think they had a sequel to it as well, but I'm not sure whether that saw these shores. I think a third game did, um, which was called Secret of Evermore. Um, I'm not sure whether it's direct sequel did.
0: Yeah, I didn't do that much research on that.
1: <laughs> but um, it's a fantastic game. It's obviously the, the, the story is about you know heroes, sacrifice, all the you know the normal um, JRPG themes. Uh, but it's got a lot of um, interesting um, implications in it. Um, the three-player, the, the, the three-player system that's in it, which I don't think it's ever been done before. If it has been done before, I haven't seen it in another JRPG, mm-hmm. which is the co-op play. <coughs> so, an RPG which is a co-op as well, three people could play it as the three different characters at the same time, in real time. So, so would so. you say it's um,
0: groundbreaking then?
1: Yeah, I think it was. I think it definitely put, it definitely brought new things to the table in the genre. And the ring menu system being one, and the co-op play. Yeah. Um, it was important as well, because unlike other RPGs where every character can do everything, you know, every character can have this weapon or cast any spell or do that kind of stuff, each, each of the three characters was very important to the, to the whole story because they, could all, they all had special abilities. I think it was one of the first games to do this as well. Obviously, it's been copied ever since with Final Fantasy and, and Chrono Trigger and a lot of others. Um, but, you know, you, you, the girl had the defensive spells, so you needed, needed to keep her going. And the sprite had the attack spells. You need to keep her going. You didn't have any spells. You just had your weapon. And so when it when it gets to the end of the game, um, spoilers, <laughs> spoiler
0: alert, spoiler
1: <laughs> alert, yeah. um, you've got to have all three up and running because you've have, you have no chance to beat the end of game boss because yeah. you've got to cast spells onto yourself to enable to hit the end of game boss, which is another thing which I found very um, ambitious and intuitive yeah. at the time. Right, so is it quite a long game or short? Uh yeah, it can, it can be. Certain sections can take a while because it's an early JRPG. You've got a lot of um, wandering around and building up your level going on because you can, you won't be able to beat certain bosses coming up without reaching a certain level. And if you were to just speed play the game, uh, you wouldn't stand a chance. So it's got some memorable bosses, uh, especially the. The primary boss, which is a, which is a guy called Thanatos. He's
0: quite yes.
1: Um, he's quite. He's very deadpan, and very threatening. Uh, you know, he, he. I mean, at one point he just brazenly murders one of your friends. Nice. Uh, he,
0: he's just,
1: <laughs> you know. He possesses another. Um, he he takes control of a whole town and possesses all them into zombies. So he's a he's a nasty fella. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it says here you've got to prevent him from destroying the, the monastery and take control of the world's magic. Well, unfortunately you can't do that because he does destroy the monastery. Well, yeah, that's did say try. <laughs> you have to try. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to go for spoilers there,
1: but there's a big thing about the monastery in it, which is another sort of part of the plot where you sort of like, when you're reading it on screen, you, think, you, go, you go you go, to yourself, really? What the ffff?
0: Like that. You think, what the What Are these people on writing this story? <laughs> Well, if anybody's not played it, and I have to include myself in that, um, you can down- actually download it on uh, iOS. Yeah, you can as well. Yes, yes, yes. It's a good version of it actually. Even yeah, that. Yeah. Well, I, obviously you've played it. <laughs> it was uh,
1: I've, I've had a little a little go at it. Um, I, I I obviously I'm, I'm going to say it's not a patch on the original, but <laughs> it's obviously they've it just ironed out the graphics and made it smoother and got rid of the jaggies. So uh, it's got a lot, extensive use of mode seven in some of the travel methods as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, What, your primary method? It's about halfway through the game. Your primary method of travel is flying on the back of a a baby dragon. Which is called Flammy. Uh, So that what the snares could do, of course, using Mode 7, it makes the world below you. So you're flying the dragon with the world moving below you. Which is
0: really cool. Yes. So it's pretty cool. I mean, I have to confess, I'm not a massive RPG fan by any means, but um, but it's it's a genre that I'll that I've I will try and get into at some point. I think JRPGs aren't everyone's cup of tea. Yeah, much. I'm more of a more of a racing fan, than I, as well. <laughs> discussing last night, uh, point and click yeah. adventures. Well, no, the good news is I'm a racing fan too. So. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I should say we were we were actually going to pre-record this last night, weren't we? But we. Uh, yeah we can uh, get sidetracked on uh, Chris Ashanks. Um, we did we, we helped out Mr Shanks, yes. Yes. So, if anybody's not listening to that one, you can get it on iTunes. Um, yeah. We're still get...
1: waiting for the check, Chris.
0: Yes. <laughs> so, can't be that. I better get my check ready for you as well. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, the next game, uh, <sighs> Wilson, I think it's game number six. Uh, so it's shoot shoot 'em up, mm. and it's called Point Blank. Now, I was disappointed to find it wasn't um, based on the film, but no, it's not <laughs> nothing to do with the <laughs> film. This was uh, <coughs> well it originally came out in 1994 in the arcade, and then it came out in '98 on the PlayStation, I believe, and then yes. got a 2006 release on the DS. Yes. So I'm going to assume that the version you're talking about is PlayStation.
1: Yes, I am. Yeah. Yeah, with, uh, with the Namco G-Con 45,
0: because it's a light gun game. Indeed. So, so
1: I'm not sure how that works on the DS. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's
0: interesting. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to do it. Unless you
1: got a little mini gun. I think they'd, they'd probably just use the stylus, but it would be very easy, wouldn't it? Yeah, better that. One. Interesting, but I know it came out on the DS, but I've never, never, never played it on that. Um,
0: because I can't, I can't imagine it being the same game in a way. Yeah, it be interesting to look that up. Um, but what are your memories of, of this game and why, why would you bring it on a desert point, island? Point blank is...
1: Um, I wanted to put a light gun game into this list. Um, and there was, there was a couple that spring to mind. Uh, Time Crisis was another. House of the Dead. Um, yep. uh, the point blank goes back to my student years. Um, I was, this is when I was at college in is 94. When,
0: is when you were studying to be a bus driver?
1: Yes, that's right, yeah. It worked out, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, like Lister, I studied art and design, you know, failed me exams and applied, snapped me up. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear, anyway. <laughs> that's by the by. Yeah. And um, the career I had after that kind of got taken away from me. But there we go, and uh, bus driving is now my forte for, for money.
0: <laughs> oh, well, there's lots of jobs to do. Yes, there is. <laughs>
1: anyway, uh, yeah,
0: yeah. um, Point Blank, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, it was, well,
1: I was, you're young enough to remember when arcade games were still in pubs?
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, just about. I uh.
1: <laughs> still had arcade games in pubs before I filled them all out with friction. Yeah, yeah, and I do remember a few arcade games
0: in pubs.
1: So, and that's where this was. Point Blank was in in a uh, local pub to my college. So what we would do is, obviously after college and lunch, <laughs> go in the in the pub. And um, to be honest, the machine took more of my money than the bar. Oh, I wouldn't have um, that. So when it got to that point, it was kind of like an addiction. Um, and I think one evening I was just sitting there playing it, and I turned around, and I have got like a load. I've got I've got about ten or fifteen people crowded around behind me. <laughs> half of them pissed out of their heads yeah. and, they're, and they're staring watching me play it, and they're thinking how are you doing that how are you doing that I said well I don't know I I, I was just sort of playing it and it kind of reminded me of Marty and, you know the wild gunman scene to yeah that's <laughs> just
0: that like it was going for my head
1: didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it reminded me of that I was expecting someone to turn around and say you have to use your
0: hands <laughs> that's <laughs> a baby's toy yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, well I had a pink gun <laughs> well <laughs> a pink and a baby blue gun Two of them. Uh, two player. It was um, kind of Operation Thunderbolt kind of thing. Mm.
0: Um,
1: but obviously the, the guns were obviously free free range; they weren't fixed or anything. Um, and it's like a shooting gallery game. It's, it's very innocent. It's it's it's, it's <coughs> sort of an unviolent gun game, if that makes any sense. Yes. You know, everything's done with very very tongue-in-cheek cartoons and. It does look like a bit of a childish game, but it's, it's just great fun, you know? And I don't care what anybody says, whether something... I we were discussing yesterday, John, whether something's serious. This has got comedy value to it. Sure. Yeah, I like and comedy.
0: That's,
1: that's why I like it. It's just got this... It's got... It also reminds me a lot of The Muppets, because <laughs> the, two, the two characters in it, uh, Dr. Dan and Dr. Don, they look like... Um, do you remember, who were the two guys that used to sit on the balcony?
0: Or and st- stow, uh, Waldorf and Stout? <laughs>
1: like yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. You'd look at Dr. Don and Dr. Dan, and they're like the same people. <laughs> and it, and it, that would crack me up that they were the same. The thing is, you could do mad things with them. And one, one of the games was um, saving them from the piranha that were jumping up and biting their ass. <laughs> yeah, you know, to shoot the piranha out of it. Thing is, what the laugh of the time, you just let the piranhas bite them. <laughs>
0: That'd be more funny. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's
1: what I would've done. <laughs> so it's got, it's got lots of crazy games like that in it. There's one of them. It's it's just, it's not easy as well. It's a challenge as well. There's one game where you've got you've literally got one shot, and it's kind of like the um, the old classic apple off the head with the, with the crossbow. Yeah, can't remember. We did that now.
0: Anyway, oh, no. the history
1: yeah. is terrible so it's that game it's that game you've got to shoot the arrow off the top of one of the guy's heads Yeah. and you've got one shot to do it the thing is the hilarious thing is if you shoot him in the head it makes this hole in his head a bit like a garbage pile kid <laughs> <laughs> and he just stares at you with a mean eyes and goes what? you shot me in the head what? <laughs> yeah you're still alive <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, no blood or guts or anything like that it's all done in complete fun and I think that's what I loved about it especially when you're sort of like half-tank student. Yeah.
0: And you're waving a pink gun around in a pub. So well, you...
1: you Can't do that now, nowadays, can you? No,
0: not really. <laughs> totally it's yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you know what keeps coming through my mind when you talk about this as well? I don't know why. It's that, um, but I'll go back to Red Dwarf again, but uh, it's in Red Dwarf Series 6 when they're playing that virtual reality game. Mm. In, oh, it's it's not Series 5, in fact, isn't it? When they go into uh, the gunman of a Apocalypse and they're playing that to get them. Oh, yeah, the virtue of um artificial reality. Yeah, and he's um I think where I'm um, shooting uh he's not shooting an apple but he's he's throwing knives uh, into, into the guy well, who's yeah, got apples
1: yeah Lister shoots the knife
0: um, up yeah. in, into the guy's mouth, yeah. Yeah. That's that's just kinda of the medium of it anyway.
1: So <laughs> <laughs> point yeah, point blank's just it's just unadulterated innocent fun with a light gun, and um, you, you know you, can, you can't say no to that. It's not it's not a brain challenge or, you know, it's not something you have to concentrate on. It's a it's a throwaway thing. Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: but you know, it's it's five ten minutes of just fun.
0: Yeah. Apparently the DS version, uh, which was was listened to, wasn't Featured forty challenges from the original series. Oh All right, yeah. I might look up. I might look that up on YouTube later and see what I might like. look at yeah. that myself actually. Treated. yeah. Yeah, it was uh, actually as well on Point Blank. It was the the first light gun game released by Namco. What's it? Yes, I, I, I did not know that. Yes, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, well, I've I've got a psychopathic uh, brain. Yes, yeah. yeah, you can yeah. read um, Wikipedia, can't you? I'm, not, I'm, I'm reading my, my notes, although I didn't get oh. it from Wikipedia, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. didn't say that.
1: <laughs> I think, Um. I'm not sure about this, but I think the, the, the G-Con 45 light gun for the PlayStation was modelled off the arcade, because it's very similar shape and size, weight, and all that. And it's actually quite scarily similar to Robocop's gun from his film, the original film. Mm. I thought it was, anyway.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I know somebody that would be able to clarify that would be Scott the console snob he his light guns
1: oh I'm going to have to ask him
0: Yes.
1: yeah yes yeah I gave, I gave the um I gave the it because uh, I, uh, I, I mean, you probably know before that, uh, that a couple of years ago I did a big clear out and got rid of loads of stuff I shouldn't got rid of as you do sometimes oh yeah I've done that oh dear um, and one of them one of the things I got rid of was my original Con. And um, But then I've discovered that I've still got Point Blank 1, I've still got Point Blank 2, and I've still got Time Crisis. So
0: all you need they're, is a gun?
1: They're completely redundant without any gun. <laughs> so so you I don't
0: went out and got myself a gun. All oh, right, so you can't play it with a joystick, then?
1: No, no you can't, mate. No. I, I went out and got myself a gun. For, and <coughs> and um, while I got that gun, I got myself Time Crisis 2 and 3 at the same time. Oh, so. What was
0: that? I think, was that on your, one of your latest pickups? I did, yeah. Yeah, one I I I, that, yeah.
1: the one where I showcased um, uh, my Amstrad monitor
0: that I got as well. Is that the one that wasn't working properly when you were trying to... No, yeah, well, I, I, that was me. That, that was me being a dickhead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was me pressing the wrong button. I, what I did is I actually turned it off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and then I thought, oh, well, I'm going to have to cover this up I just turn the console off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember watching that pickup? If I don't know that you mentioned it and you picked up Team mm. Crisis
1: Virtual Cop as well I picked up as well
0: oh yeah I like that mm. I played that game but I don't think I played it with a light gun I played the original
1: arcade yeah I, th- I, think, I,
0: might, I think I might have played it in arcade on holiday yeah <laughs> which is the only time I can play arcade <laughs> games because there's nothing like that where I live <coughs>
1: sorry John just coughing me lungs out <laughs> Okay,
0: dokie okay. so uh, great choice there point blank as your previous choices were great as well, obviously. Uh, but the next one is called Pang. Yes.
1: It's a
0: 1989 game from Capcom, and it's I think it's known as as elsewhere as um, Buster
1: Brothers. Yeah, Buster Brothers, Yeah. Buster yeah. Brothers, Buster Bros, yeah.
0: yeah. Identical to a much earlier 1983 Japanese computer game called Cannonball. Yes, yes, yeah. it does yes. have lots of connections with that, yes. Yes, yeah. so what format did, uh, are you Well, fond of? I've got to put a GX 4000 title in this list, John. Ah, uh, it's a GX 4000. Thing. It is the
1: best game on the GX 4000 by, well, I, I was about to say they're by a mile, but it's not, because Robocop 2 is very good uh, on the GX as well, but no, Prang is, arguably the best game on the system. Um, mainly due for the fact that it was one of the few games that was actually properly coded for the hardware. Um, which sort of like goes back to the reason why the, why the system failed, which I've touched on before in my, in my videos. Uh, it's the fact that a lot of the games were just shovelware from the CPC. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: Pang was not one of them. It was, someone had bothered to sit down and properly write... Um, for the system's capabilities, and and it showcased exactly what this 8-bit system can do by showing you a near 16-bit quality game. And a lot of people, a lot of people would say if they played it and not even know the GX 4000, they would say it's actually one of the best versions of it. Um, I found it more playable than the original arcade version, uh, and that's not hyping the GX 4000 up. No. Uh, it's just I just find it very very enjoyable to play. Challenging, and it's it's got so much in it for what an eight-bit system can give you. Um, it's got separate soundtracks for every single level, for instance. Yeah. Um, the animation <clears throat> on the balloons that you pop. Uh, I don't know if anyone's not know Pang. Of course, it's you're you're a guy with a harpoon. Yeah. And you've got to defend the world against the alien balloons or balls, whatever. I think it's better when the balloon's... Pang sounds more like a balloon sort of sound, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, and you, you've basically got to pop the balloons. And, of course, every time you pop a, a large balloon, it splits into two. Mm. And, and then so on and so forth. Every time you pop a balloon, it multiplies until it gets down to its smallest level where it's destroyed. Uh, so it's a combination of single screen, single screen levels, uh, three levels to a location... 27 locations, I think, around the world.
0: Right.
1: So, lots to do. Um, combination of platforms, ladders, occasionally power-ups, of course, a few on-screen uh,
0: enemies
1: that are not the balloons, and a few on-screen things that help you, like um, woodpeckers that will fly across and pop a balloon for you, and a crab that will pop the balloon, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's 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 a game which Evokes everything that's just just, just, just just good about the system. I think that's why I need, I want it there. I want it with me.
0: Sure. Um, it would
1: remind me that the system was capable of this kind of game, this kind of quality of game. Mm. Um, and it's a shame that a lot of the other games weren't thought out like it. Um,
0: yeah. So was this a was this a, an early GX four thousand game or or a later one? No, it came out quite late. Uh, it was.
1: Well, I mean, it only had a, three, a, hang on, a six-month life cycle, so it wasn't exactly... Oh, right. Uh, so, no, it came right. out sort of, some. I think it came out
0: three or four months into the system's life. So maybe if they'd done it right at the start, people mm-hmm. could have seen what it was capable of, and it may have changed...
1: Well, yeah, I mean, the game that, obviously, they sold to the machine with Burning Rubber, which is a, a clone of uh, Lamon, Um. They'd obviously sat down and had, a, and had a proper go at that, especially graphically. It's beautiful to look at for an, for an 8-bit racer. Um, uh, but uh, as you know, you, your racing games, John, it, if you sat down and play it, the first thing you would say is, it's a bit sluggish, because yes. it is. Uh, graphically, it's lovely to look at, and it's actually quite very smooth scrolling for an 8-bit. It's just con- the control of the car is very sluggish, and I think that's the only thing that lets that game down because it nearly showcases what the, what the GX can do yeah it's one of the games that Ocean sat down and properly coded for it along with um, Robocop 2 was another one they sat down and gave it a proper go okay. there were a few others that were much better than their CPC versions and um, it's clearly not just shovel ports uh, I, I know it's not a very good game but Panzer Kickboxing you might know that from your Amiga and, uh, yeah, I don't know that game. Yeah. Not the greatest one-on-one fighter, but it looks fantastic on the GX. Um, clearly not a direct port, so it, it's a mixed exp- It uh, you can tell in my voice frustration. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: I would just love to bash Sugar around the head and say, "What the hell were you doing?" You had to get these third parties to properly program for you, because it could have done more it really could have done more i mean you wouldn't expect the um uh the turbo graphics i mean if someone would not exploit the 16-bit graphic capabilities of the turbo graphics pc engine it would have suffered a similar fate wouldn't it yeah
0: definitely uh,
1: but you know you've got people that exploited that the system's power and then you so you got very very excellent like i mean r type going back to r type um the pc, ver- PC Engine's version of r type is fantastic it really is, um, yeah. all, to, all to do because it was properly, properly um, made. I think that still carries on today. A lot of, um, a lot of developers don't, I, I, don't know, we had this, I, think, I don't know who we had this discussion with, this and whether it was the developer or whether it was the publisher, and what pr- pressure they're under to create the game via deadlines. But you get so many games that are just full of glitches and yeah. rendered
0: unpl- un- unplayable, even today, and you think, how can that happen even today? Yeah, games come out and as soon as you load them in you you have to update a, you have to download a, an update, a patch with it as soon as you yeah. put it in for the first time. Yeah. Why release it in the first place if it wasn't ready? Well you couldn't do
1: that back in the day when there were no patches and was no internet.
0: They yes. had
1: to be right. Either the either the game was right or the game was rubbish. Yeah. you you, you had no medium level. So Yes. that was always Sat there for hours waiting for it for to load off an old disc or tape.
0: <laughs> a lot of modern developers and publishers publishers could learn a thing or two from the guys that made the games back in the day.
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah, they could. It's true.
0: And uh, Alan Sugar needs his balls kicked. <laughs> <laughs> I think I
1: well, um, I had another silly name, didn't it? At one point, I think one of the versions they call it Pomping World, which mm. I don't know about you, but. <laughs> that sounds a bit weird I oh, know <laughs> I don't know where they got that name from I think Pang is the best name for it for me came out the Super Nintendo as well I think under the name Super Buster Boss
0: yeah I'll have to take a word for that one <laughs> sure it did yeah it sounds it sounds very similar obviously to an earlier game just hmm. in name only called Pong obviously <laughs> <laughs> well, really in name only but um... I think Pong was a little bit more successful but uh... yeah. <laughs>
1: Does, I don't think I think Pang has more life in
0: it. <laughs> Pong, the first game I ever played was Pong. Was it? Yes. On the uh, Atari? No, I think it had a... It wasn't an Atari. I can't even remember what it was, but it was a... My dad came home with us, friend one day from his... We well, always got to see his work from the pub. Um, and it, it, just, it just... You just kind of, put it on a TV and it was little funny controllers. Uh, it wasn't an uh, Atari. Oh,
1: uh, was it one of them plug and play, Yeah, uh, one of the early plug and play?
0: Yeah? yeah, I think it was. I think it was a kind of dedicated plug and play. Oh uh, yeah yes yeah. right. the um yeah.
1: yeah the home version of Plum. Yeah.
0: Yes, And think those paddles. Yeah. Yeah the paddles, that's it. Mm. Yeah it wasn't t- Yeah, because we didn't have an Atari in this in the house well until I got an Atari so of five You that was. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. I can't honestly remember. I think. Honestly, I think the first game I ever
1: played was actually Space Invaders.
0: Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. I was. I can't. See, I can't ever remember the order that things happened in my childhood. But no, definitely, no, 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 no. definitely, Spawn, 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 <laughs> <laughs> or Space Invaders were definitely the first two. But what order it happened, I'm uh, not quite sure. When was when was the tabletop
1: version of Space Invaders?
0: Yeah, I had had a little... I went to my uncle's uh, house uh, because he was babysitting me or something and he had a little Space Invaders kind of handheld thing. Hmm. I can't remember if that was before I played porn or not. Anyway, your tabletop one, what was that
1: about? It was... um, We had... um, My parents had a pub uh, when I lived um, up north well more up north from where I live now in Lincolnshire in the flats of Lincolnshire um, and they owned a country pub at the time and even in country pubs they had arcade machines which was there and you wouldn't seen that now <laughs> but actually actually, to be honest thinking about it um, that's wrong to say that because in country pubs it's more likely they've got an old machine still sitting there um, being used thinking about it yeah but because um, it can't bother to get rid of it
0: <laughs> yes
1: Um and I think me old man, he struck a deal with the guy that was supplying the cigarette machine. Yes, kids, there were cigarette machines in pubs. <laughs> still is. I don't think there is now. Not there. I think they're banned, don't they? I can't. Do, I, do you know? I've never noticed because I don't smoke.
0: So no. I just, I just assumed they were still there. Yeah, maybe more, but <laughs> then again, maybe in Scotland it's different. I don't know. Anti-spiking I came in before. I need stopped. to go. I need to go up to find out. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, what's the name?
1: Oh yeah, tabletop. tabletop yeah. Tabletop. <laughs> there, there. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, 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 it was it had a glass top, and it just looked like a normal table. If you put a tablecloth over it, obviously you uncover it. You've got a screen in the middle, facing up, and the controls were on the side panels. And you'd sat down either side. You could play uh, one side or the other, and. Um, Black and white, it was, the original black and white version. But um, it just evokes a lot of memories in classic sounds that Space Invaders had. Yeah. And um, soon after that, he got an op- his first upright cabinet. And the first upright cabinet I think I ever played, I mean, this is going back to when I was oh, bloody hell, well young, um, under 10. Um, and it was Kung Fu Master. Right. That was, so that was the first upright I played. Um. Uh, homes Home Systems, um, didn't come didn't come down the line until it wasn't Atari twenty six hundred actually. I think the first one I played wasn't mine. Mm. Uh, I can't remember the game it was. It was probably something
0: like Pac Man or Centipede or something like that. Missile Command or something like that. Yeah, thank really
1: you. <laughs> yeah. Like
0: um,
1: but um yeah, it wasn't it wasn't until I, the first home system I had was the CPC. So, and that was a computer anyway, so. Yeah, what, <coughs>
0: sorry. Sorry, no, come. On. What is your, i have already, already got an idea, right? What is your, uh, briefly, your, your kind of console history? Um, obviously, the first one was, I um, said CPCs, you said?
1: Uh, well, I, yeah, the, well, the CPC was my first gaming system, yeah, uh, that I owned. Um, and because I'd, grown so much in love with Amstrad I suppose as a kid Um, you know we went through that sort of period where it was Commodore 64 Specky Amstrad yes and it I I mean I think I I do this on my fanboy rant video don't I I talk about (laughs) this and and of course as kids we were like fighting each other over which system was the best and everything and Specky guys versus the Amstrad versus the the, the, Commodore and we got it back with the oh yeah well, yes, of course, of course, when the came after, it was uh, clearly wiping the floor with them at that point. Um, and, you know, believe into the 90s, it's, uh, I think 90 f- I think the CPC lasted until about like 92. I can't remember. Harry would know. He would. He would, know. He would. Um, Harry said it a tweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think because I was so uh, attached to Amstrad, um, the, it was just, it, you know the, 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 obviously the Master System was out, the NES was out, the Type 2600, Of course, I think the Type 5200 was out, um, and along came the Mega Drive. Of course, during the time I just got my Jigsaw Thousand, because uh, I thought that was the first console I had. No, it, yeah, I suffered, <laughs> <laughs> I suffered at school. I got I got a bit of a ribbon for it, but you know, and then uh, but that was remedied, of course, a year after. Or two years after, should I say, when the Super Nintendo came along, Um, and then and well, there you go. I mean, can't really say much. No one can really sort of say. Everyone knows about the Super Nintendo. Of course. Legendary machine, and um, sparked it off from there. Um, Super Nintendo lasted me a long time. I had a um. Obviously, I picked up my Game Boy at that point. And then I uh, jumped straight to the PlayStation. It was a PlayStation One, and um, finally got a decent PC as well around that time.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I, I delved
1: into a few of the, like we talked about yesterday, um, Seventh Guest. Oh, I loved of it.
0: Yeah, loved that Kamala game. Command and Conquer
1: Red Alert, which I loved as well. Uh, the original Quake, Sim City, all of them, uh, PGA Tour Golf. For that that?
0: Yeah, well, I played oh, it. PC. I played that for the PC and Amiga back in the day.
1: On the um, yeah. on the Pentium
0: One, which was advanced then. Of course. <laughs> well, I remember when I got my my first proper PC. I got a, a 486 PC, and there was a game actually called PGA 486. Yeah, that's it. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Links 486 was another one as well. Yeah. I think we I think we had that on my Pentium on my Pentium One.
0: Yeah. Which um
1: had a had a massive memory of um. 512 gigab- uh, megabyte, Gigabytes? Bloody hell no, it didn't. <laughs>
0: 512
1: megabytes. ROM. Massive. Yeah, huge.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, oh, 2 RAM. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> megabytes of RAM. Windows, Windows point f- 3.1 uh, sold that?
1: Yeah, well, no, because it was the first Pentium. It was actually Windows
0: 95. Oh, well, there you yeah.
1: go. Very early version of Windows 95. So We had three 3.6 on that and Quake and um, Climb and Conquer. What else? Oh, we did have another couple more. I can't remember. A lot of um, simulation games. Uh, flight Simulator. I can't remember what it was called now. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: what happened after that? Um, I, 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 mean, I, I could argue that I had an in 64 but I didn't really. It was bothered.
0: <laughs> you, you, you had one for a while, at least. Yeah, for a while. It wasn't mine.
1: I did have it uh, for a while and I had Mario um, <coughs> 64 and uh, had a game of GoldenEye of course I mm-hmm. um, don't really remember about it a lot that's why I've got to get, get myself another one um, because it, I, I, I kind of missed the boat on a lot on the N64 and it's kind of a pity that I did because I did have it for a while and then it, like I say it was a loan so uh, and then after that of course the PlayStation 2 um, which then did, did what, what the SNES did, is take over. Yeah. And <laughs> my God did it. Um, and then it was just PlayStation 2 all the way up until the point where the PlayStation 2 sort of, when the Xbox, the original Xbox came out, I was still PlayStation 2. By that point, I'd got... Um, had I got a DS at that point? Or did I get a DS later? I can't remember. Um, and then since then, uh, like I've already said, I sort of cut off, cut cut off away from games. I think a lot of stuff was going on in my life at the time, and you know, real life gets in the way, doesn't it? So, yeah, yeah. Because you say that,
0: well, you you missed a generation
1: of Yeah, I, I missed consoles. I missed the 360, and I missed the PlayStation 3. I was never when the PlayStation 3 came out. I was kind of underwhelmed.
0: Um, yeah and I thought
1: oh, I was expecting something more I, I don't know it's difficult to sort of put the finger on and it was very expensive when it came out and I, was, I just wasn't interested I wasn't interested and, and occasionally I'd dip into a few, of the older con, uh, a few of the older consoles and you know just have a look at them and see uh, I borrowed a couple uh, TG-16 I, I did an NES uh, a friend of mine still got that NES and she won't
0: give it to me <laughs> Damn her!
1: No, she won't. She doesn't play it. It sits under a. It's next to a 360, and she doesn't use it. And I said to her every time I see her, I say, "Sarah, can I have, can I have that NES? Come on, you don't use it. It doesn't work properly on your TV." Yeah. No, no, I'm not. Yeah, because it's obviously, you know, Elsie, um, she's got a modern TV, so it's not the best picture, is it? Just, just tell her
0: that she can come round and play it at some point well I what
1: I, so I said I said I'd, uh, I'd look after it for her yeah she's not going for it there was another there was work colleague as well who um, you see, he dangled a whole Nintendo collection under my nose knowing that I'd be interested
0: uh, and
1: he said oh I'm looking to sell this lot but it's me misses I went oh yeah so he showed me this um, collection he had an NES and a Super Nintendo loads of games yeah, that was expected but he also had a Gamecube yeah and this GameCube, he had an original copy of Paper Mario and Wind Waker. So I said to him, well, they're worth quite a bit.
0: Mm.
1: And he said, oh, yeah, but missus doesn't want to sell them. I said, what the f***? I was <laughs> <laughs> trying to be dangling on the reno. He's trying to flog
0: me a Commodore 64 now. <laughs> I would love a Commodore 64 again. Mm. Ever had the money, of course. Well, he's trying to, he's trying, he, he's got, he, he, said, he, he said,
1: I can have it for 50 quid.
0: What does it come with? I don't,
1: I don't
0: know. I haven't seen it. I wouldn't I wouldn't pay fifty quid just for the hardware. I would. It'd no. have to, it would have to come with extra. I'd want games. Yeah. And, and of course the tape deck. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, otherwise the games are redundant. Pretty <laughs> useless yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just looking on uh, Twitter here because um, so we'll talk. We've been talking a lot about um, Amstrad tonight, and um, then we mentioned tape deck. Somebody posted um. I th- this is a it's an Amstrad, Amstrad advert from back in the day. It's got advertising uh, the Amstrad CPC four six four. Yeah. It comes with a twelve pound for a joystick. Oh, was that the the
1: yellow one, one with the yellow
0: buttons? No, it's just a yeah. black one with red buttons. Oh, Wait, right. this looks as if it's taken from a catalog. Actually, it's Amstrad from two hundred forty nine pound. No TV, no T V set required as monitor as a special special design for the computer.
1: Yeah, they did <laughs> they, they powered the, the systems were powered off the monitors. Yeah. Which was
0: quite interesting. Games and educational cassettes for your Amstrad computer. Mm. Mm,
1: probably the Amsoft um range. Oh mummy and that well, Bridget. There you go. Yes. Harry would have, have a lot to say about that.
0: Well, this is why I, I mentioned it because um, it's one of Harry's Twitter accounts that this has came up on. Yeah. And he said uh, twelve pounds for a joystick that broke after ten minutes. Yeah. He did. <laughs> I think I saw a video once. I don't know who it
1: was. I can't. I can't remember it. But he said he's got one boxed yeah. um, that he's never, never going to use because he knows if he uses it, it'll probably break after five minutes.
0: Yes. But it's,
1: but it, but it's boxed in mint, and I thought that's kind of cool in a way. <laughs> yeah, the, the built-in tape deck, the data corder.
0: Yes. Yes. Right, that's good. I've brought that up. So, um, Harry Axe said we brought that up. I would get Chris a cheese sandwich. so ah, that's
1: good. That's
0: all. That's me got my supper sorted for tonight. Yeah. I haven't <laughs> finished mine yet. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. What were, you, right? having,
1: what were you having? Oh, I was just having a quick sandwich, but uh, it's just left on the side because if I, I start eating over the over the airwaves, it's just going to be extremely rude. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my
0: mind. bad, my bad. We, we, we were supposed to be doing this last night, as we mentioned, but never unfortunately mind. we got sidetracked. So. <laughs> well, I'm glad we're talking about the Amsterdam CDC because that's where the last game goes. Yes, the last game is Dizzy, the ultimate cartoon adventure. Oh, yes. Uh, it's come out for most of the popular... Eight bit machines at the time: Spectrum, Stretch, mm. Commodore we'll 64. But obviously, the one we're interested in is Amstrad. Mm. So, what's your, your memories of this one then? Um,
1: I, I, I first played uh, the Amstrad Action demo version of this, uh, which came as the cover tape on the Amstrad Action magazine, <clears throat> which I believe a lot of them did, that, didn't they? Crash, zap, they all did that, didn't they? Yeah. And um, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> and I, I played the demo, and it was the music really that got me going first. It, it really catchy cartoony music, and it again, it back it's, it's back to that essence of fun and comedy. Yeah. Um it was just a funny looking character that bounces around on his head. He looks like an egg. He's wearing boxing gloves. I mean, this is weird shit.
0: Yeah, um, and a hat, a funny hat. No, no, it's not a hat. He had a hat
1: in some of the cartoon. Ah, in some of the cartoon uh, looks of him on covers, he has a hat. Yes.
0: Ah, that's in, what I'm In
1: thinking. the game, in the original first game, he didn't. He didn't have a hat. Ah.
0: Um.
1: Uh, and I, I, yeah, it was mind-blowingly difficult. It, obviously it's obviously it's an adventure puzzle game. Um. But it's set in its own sort of cartoony world, and it's got this nice plot. Uh, where you got to rescue your girlfriend from the um, your egg shaped girlfriend, clearly, <laughs> from the evil wizard Zax. Um, yeah, he's, it was just so much hilarity. Um, you're bouncing around on your head, but then one minute it was also of course, one of them immediate insta death games. You know, one foot out of place, and that's it. You're gone. Uh, you know, frustrating. Keep oh, it. plenty of um, yeah. backtracking. Loads of backtracking on it. Um, you'd find yourself going from, I think it was, it must have been like 15 or 20 screens long. Flick screen it was. Yeah. Um, and there was also layers to it as well. There's, there's levels in the sky, levels underground. So plenty of screens, plenty of loads of things to do. Um, but there was one point you'd have to get an item from one side of thing and then go all the way back to the other one to unlock another bar <laughs> and then go all the way back to the other side. Oh, God. Yeah. It was mind numbing, but bouncing around and um yeah, hilarious and, and very catchy music that was constantly in the background. Very very nice music. There's a there's a great remix of it, there's a drum and bass remix of it on <laughs> doing the rounds on the doing the rounds on YouTube.
0: Well, uh, it, be, yeah.
1: it was it was crazy because it was just it, it was this sort of cartoon like you've never seen one of mad cartoons that you could play. And I think that was what I loved about it. Um, and obviously, it, it, it was a very successful um, franchise. It turned out to be. It, it was. It was. It, and another thing I liked about it, it was it was a homebrew game originally.
0: Uh.
1: Um The Oliver Twins did it. And Drew, and oh, he's going to kill me for not remembering his name because they spoke to me. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh. Anyway, um, they wrote it on a Spectrum. Yes, uh, and, uh, and released it via the codemasters. yeah, so and then it all took off from there.
0: Um, yeah.
1: it got very popular. I think people liked the character, they fell in love with the character, and, and the design of the character um, was was an accident, um, because I, like I said, I, I, I interviewed um, the Oliver Twin last year
0: uh, for for the Pixel Empire. Is that a written interview or...? A written interview, yeah.
1: I did it via email. And um, one of the questions I asked them was, how did you give Dizzy boxing gloves? How did that happen? And and basically he said, well, because the limitations, the graphical limitations we were working with at the time, hands were difficult to put on a sprite that small. Mm. So when they coloured it, they thought, well, if they rounded them off, they kind of looked like boxing gloves. And then they coloured them red. And the offset from red to the shape of Dizzy, being white, look, they said it looked great. It looked like he was wearing red boots, boxing gloves, and he's an egg. But he wasn't <laughs> even supposed to be an egg in the first place. They just drew, drew the shape because it was an easy shape to draw.
0: Yeah.
1: And, it tur- and, and, of course, people started playing it, and everyone just assumed this is an egg with boxing gloves. <laughs> and then, of course, they, uh, they took that idea and ran with it for the rest of the games and you've got all the, you know, the, the egg gags <laughs> running through
0: it. So, yeah. great What, guy. Oh, what One of my favourite um, magazines that I had back in the day, it was actually a, an Atari ST magazine, mm. because uh, I had an Atari ST that somebody gave to me, but it didn't work, and I never ever got got it to work. But anyway, I bought a couple of Atari ST magazines, because I was getting excited about getting this thing to work, and the first one I bought had Dizzy on the front of it. Yeah, it was released on the 16-bits, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, Cause it, sorry, go on. Because uh, uh, that's, that's the magazine that got me into Championship Manager, because there was a obviously a review of Dizzy in it, but mm. further on the magazine was a review a, a review of Championship Managers. Yes. <laughs> I did hear your extensive talk
1: with uh, Gashead about Championship Manager. Yeah. Yes,
0: <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Um, You'll know this because you were listening. Um, Gashead picked this game as well. Did he? You did. Oh, yes.
1: I did I get to that point? I must have not got to that point. Oh, oh spoil- my apologies.
0: Spoiler, Sorry. I, I, I was. I was. I'm still listening through it. I. <laughs> I got that. Also, up, also. A, it. I've spoiled I it like, for you. <laughs>
1: well, he it. I didn't know that. Was it on the same platform? Um. Or did he pick the Spectrum version or Commodore?
0: I think it was the Commodore version. Commodore but uh, don't quote it was, me that all, all, because my memory's terrible. They were all very similar. They yeah. were all very similar. And um, It was a massive
1: shit on the spectrum. I
0: can you imagine? Yeah. One of the things I was saying to uh, Gashead when we, were, when we were discussing it was, um, if that game had continued, you know, if they carried it carried on, it could have been as big as Sonic or Mario, maybe, possibly. Yeah. It
1: yeah. It, it it kind of represented, sort of unofficially at least. Uh, it's like it was like a mascot for the 8 bits. Yeah. Um, because obviously Mario's in the mascot for Nintendo, Sonic, Sega. Um, in the early days, of course, Crash Bandicoot for PlayStation. Yeah. Um, in the early days, yeah. Um, and now, and of course, he got you know Master Chief for the Xbox, and you, they've all got mascot characters. And I think Dizzy sort of represented the mascot for the Spectrum and the Amstrad and the Commodore
0: back then. Uh, Amiga, Amiga tried it with the uh, Zoo. I I always associate Chuck Rock with with the Amiga. I
1: don't know why I did that.
0: And James Pond, James Pond, of course. Yeah. yeah, but when I think of Chuck Rock, for some reason I think of uh, Sega Master System. Don't know why. I think of Chris's tattoo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mad. <laughs> yeah, but uh, does had does he have numerous sequels and spin-offs as yeah. well? So. But I think they stopped making it if I can remember correctly in nineteen ninety
1: two, which is a shame. Yeah, I think the Master System version of it was the last one. Yeah. Um, the NES I remember the NES um, version of the, the Fantastic Adventures of Disney is fantastic. Yeah, I love that version of it because it's in full color, of course, on the NES, and uh, okay. it's a massively expanded world in that same theme with the same characters and same ideas. Uh, but I really did enjoy it on that, on that one. Yeah, but I have to go, but, I, but the one I choose is obviously the original, and got to put an Amstrad game in there,
0: of course. <laughs> yeah. There was a spin-off called Fast Food, don't know if you've ever played that. Yes, I did, yes, yes, Fast Great. Food, and um, uh, Quick Snacks, another one. Cool. Uh, there, there,
1: there was a few of them that sort of branched away from the key, from the key format.
0: Um, oh, Go dizzy, go. That was another one. Yep. Cool. So that's your eight games, done and dusted. Some mm-hmm. brilliant choices and some varied choices. Um, like so, a lot people have up previously, I, I like that you've given a lot of thought, and it's
1: yeah, I tried to sort of balance it out, not copy any genres. I do regret the fact that I don't have a sport game in there.
0: Ah, I, I didn't know if you were. I didn't know if you were into sports games. Not
1: football ones, unfortunately. Football. I know you're going to hate me for that.
0: <laughs> You've been a football fan as well? football.
1: A I, I know, I know. i I tell you what I did like. I did like the older football
0: games. Um, sensible Soccer, for instance. Oh, to this day, that is still the best football game ever made. It, world of it's the most played Mega
1: Drive game I've got. Yeah. So, I do like it. I do like that. I kind of went off them during the no- late 90s after two, actually, tell a lie. Probably FIFA two thousand and three, when they said. It, I think that was the one that was marketed. Would be the thirteenth man, was it?
0: Oh, I can't remember.
1: That was the that was the last one I properly played.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, because after that I sort of got it into my head incorrectly or or correctly maybe I don't know. And um, that um, they're just they're just roster updates. That's the way I look at them now. Yeah.
0: Um, so, obviously your, your eight games are set in stone, but mm. you, you mentioned it's a shame you didn't pick a sports game. So if you if you did have to take a sports game, what would you think that A one It would be Super Tennis on the Super Nintendo. Oh, tennis game! Yeah, I just
1: I, I took it out because it's a more enjoyable game with two players.
0: <laughs> yeah. And if you want to do it on your own, mm. I liked um, I liked Wimbledon for the Sega Master System. Uh, that one. Oh, back okay, I think you remember that, yeah. Yeah, I never played it, but I did see it, yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. I like I, I do like a tennis game. I have got. Admit, I do like a tennis game on a, on a on a console.
0: Yeah, I've not played one for a while. I, I did um, reacquire a PSP recently and it's got a <coughs> excuse me a tennis game, with it. virtual tennis, mm-hmm. but I'm not with it yet.
1: I've got um this, oddly there's two tennis games on the GX 4000. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that happened.
0: <laughs> two
1: 26 games, two of them are tennis. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do I, uh, I don't
1: know Yeah. Uh, what? Well, uh, they're actually not bad, actually. no they're, they're not bad. They're graphically pretty good. They get, they're not cl- uh, clones. I don't think they are. One one of them's um, extremely frustrating, but they're not, they're not bad. They're not bad at all. They're not the greatest, but they're not bad.
0: Hmm. Cool. <laughs> <coughs> Anyways, as I said, eight brilliant choices again and eight varied choices but we're about to move on to the book and the luxury item but before that you also get a subscription to the Retro Gamer magazine and the complete works of Steve Benway. Right. And um, that's just something I've in there because I'm it to, to the same body format as the thing I'm ripping off. <laughs> but I did not want you... I didn't want to give you a Bible or a complete works of Shakespeare, so I've changed Excellent. it. I've made my
1: way a, a lot of my uh, stuff through Steve Benway's work.
0: <laughs> if I ever get Steve Benway on here, I don't know. I can't get. I can't. I can't give him a complete works of Steve Benway. <laughs> you could.
1: You could give him uh, the complete works of Harry Yak. Or oh, that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> the yakage. The total yakage. As you would. As long as he
0: doesn't put any Arnold Schwarzenegger in there. Oh, there's got to be some <laughs> He's falling off the chair the other day. <laughs> yes. I'll, I, I do like his Arnold impressions.
1: Did you see his comment
0: on the video he put? Um, yes.
1: I said, I, said, I said you had to stop because he was killing me and he said I, he said at one point I was quite worried I thought I'd actually killed you. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: remember. Yeah, I, I, I did make a brief cameo appearance on that video myself. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I can't. I
1: can't do any impressions to save the shit though. I can't. So I don't.
0: No, 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 no. gonna. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on to your book, and hmm. it's a very, very old book uh, called "War of the War of the World." Yes. Which I believe, when I say old, it's really old. Uh, 1897, I think it came yeah.
1: out. It's an original print,
0: yes. H.G. Uh, Wells. Yes. <laughs> it's out, kind Sorry, of. Carry on. Yeah. No, i was just to... No, do you tell on me what you've got to see that's good cool. um i i consider i know
1: it's old I, I i read it when obviously when i was a teen and i read uh, the first version i read of it was comic the comic book version of it Because it's, it's been um uh, retyped and changed into various different formats over the last decade or hundred or centuries should we say <laughs> <laughs>
0: um
1: obviously several films. Um, we all know the Tom Cruise one, yes. Yeah. Um, which kind of deviates away from certain plot points. The fact that's in America. Thanks. The original story is actually set in uh, Woking. Ah. In the, in in yes in uh sorry I think Woking anyway. Um, it's the classic sci-fi story. Um, as you know, big Red Dwarf fan here, and I'll make constant references to things like Star Trek and. Yes, Star Wars. So I am a sci-fi geek, self-admitted. Cool. And um, I consider War of the Worlds to be the just the original, ultimate sci-fi story, the classic sci-fi story of uh, unknown threat, terror, the fear of the unknown, and the fact that it's all happening on your on your own doorstep. Yeah. I think is a, is is an amazing concept even today. Um, and and it's the way it's written that it, it installs so much fear. You can really picture yourself in these Victorian times, and to imagine yourself as a Victorian person with this kind of technology going on. The, I mean, the imagination that was going through world's head was must have
0: been mad. Yeah, I was going to say, to think, that, it's a, science, a piece of science fiction work dating yeah. that far back is actually mind blowing, isn't it? But the stuff that he he
1: wrote down and he imagined was incredible for that time, like you say. Yeah.
0: Um and,
1: and, and and it's haunting. Um, kind of core to the evil, but some of the things he comes up with, he, obviously we we've all heard of the, the heat ray. Yeah.
0: This
1: idea that it's it's a concentrated radiation burst that instantly disintegrates anything and he thought this up in the, in the you know, in the 19th century. It's
0: <laughs> quite outstanding isn't it? It really is. Um, uh,
1: the idea about the fighting machines, they all, they're, the giant metal tripods that yeah. stride over buildings and crush trees and pick people up and batter them. They catch us humans into cages and drain their blood and feed themselves off our blood.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, these are all dark ideas. And I thought very advanced for a book that was so old. It's a a, a captivating read. And I think, like you said the other day, John, you always have something, a book you go back to every year or series you go back to every year. Yeah. War of the Worlds is that.
0: Every year I'll at least give it one read again.
1: Yeah, I'll have
0: to have it with me. It came in two parts. Well, two two books,
1: didn't it? Uh, originally, yes. Yeah. It was split into the Coming of the Martians. Yep. And de- uh, the
0: F under
1: Earth under the Martians. Earth under the Martians. Yes, yes, yes that's it. Yes, <laughs> Earth under the Martians. I, 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 I was thinking of um, the last chapter there because the last chapter is, I think, called Dead London. Um, but yes, it was split into two parts. It. Um, and it was, of course, also turned into a an amazing musical soundtrack by um Jeff Wayne Ooh. which is another well uh, it's a retelling of it but very faithful um very faithful to the original trip text but uh, I think um Jeff Wayne put his own main character into it because the original book is 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 descriptive it's from the first person um so you, you're, you're reading the book from the eyes of, this, of, of the journalist. Right. You see. Um, so they, they, they changed that for the, the musical version. They kept a lot of the key points in, the key, key plot points and events. They changed, changed it to, a, uh, to a, um, a sort of more of a third-person kind of look. Yeah. But it works as well. And, of course, it's just finishing a, a, a tour as well, a live tour. It's a story I've always loved, and every version of it I'll have a look at and a watch and a read, and sometimes be disappointed. Thank you, Tom Cruise. Yeah.
0: Um.
1: But one one the film version of it that I do really love is the original 1953 version, which is set in
0: um, LA. So again, they've changed it from Britain to America. Even they did way? change it, but it's it's one of the few times it actually worked. Yeah. Because um, yeah, it, it sort
1: of pulled the same trick off it. This, the book was a very advanced for when it was written, and the film when they made it was also quite advanced for when that was made. Uh, the, some of the special effects, considering it was made in 1953, full colour as well, by the way, this film, which Shit. is not, not often in that time. Oh, not or, in the 50s? No, not in the 50s. Full colour. And um, there was no stunts, death, you know, um, the, the, the depiction of the heat ray disintegrating bodies with lots of skeletons coming out you know yeah very nice and again i i may I or may i'm just being a bit of an old fart but <laughs> no. i like uh, I, I do I, I do appreciate the story and i think every, every version of the story adds a little bit to it or takes away a bit from it but you can't beat the original
0: shame and me have never actually read it obviously i'm very, very very aware of it but i've never actually sat down and read the book so i
1: should I'll, I'll definitely recommend it to you
0: I'll see if I can get it on my iPad or something. You can get you can get it on Kindle, yeah,
1: as an ebook. Cool. Um, I think films like I tell you what, the film Independence Day. I'm, I'm assuming you've seen that. Yes. Right, Independence Day is almost like a a modern retelling, but taken away some of the guts of the story some of the more key emotional parts of the story but some of the key factors in Independence Day are actually very similar to the original story of War of the Worlds and um, uh, I don't want to really spoil it for you so I'm not going to really, can't, can't really highlight it anymore <laughs>
0: uh, I don't worry i get mad as I get older my memory gets worse so if you tell right. me I probably won't remember anyway. Well,
1: so <laughs> the, way, the way the original book ends it's going to sound quite low key but it, it's actually very deep the way the original book ends and the way the, the, the day is one should we say <clears throat> is that ever since the uh because Mar- they are martians that's the one thing that is odd about it they are depicted as martians coming from mars of course now in the modern world we know that's not possible
0: yeah
1: but back then they didn't know that
0: is it on uh, is it wrong that i'm getting freaked out during this conversation because your avatar is actually a martian and it's pointing
1: his gun towards me. <laughs> so as a Martian, I, I call it an overbug. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
0: um,
1: yeah, um, so yeah, it depicts Martians in the original book. Because of course, obviously, Independence Day doesn't do that. But the idea is that the, what, the moment they set foot on this earth, um, that they are being killed. And they're being killed by bacteria that we are, we are obviously immune to. Right. Uh, and over the course of how long the book lasts eventually they succumb to the bacteria that we are immune to and it kills them. They die basically of the common cold, um, which is kind of deep in a way. Mm-hmm. You think, well, all the stuff that we could chuck them, technology-wise, weaponry, is useless. But they get killed by something that we take for granted mm. and never really think about. Independence Day uses a sort of a similar thing to that because if you're gonna say that they were killed by bacteria or a virus, what do they do in Independence Day? They use a computer virus. you uh, see, it's, yeah. it's it's a twist
0: on it. yeah. So. Uh, I've I've I watched Independence Day probably when it first came out to Sky movies years and years ago, but I've never watched it since, so I didn't really watch it again.
1: So yeah, I definitely recommend it. It's so, a it's a deep book, um, and for me, the classic sci-fi story,
0: and there we go. That's what we do say about it. <laughs> so how long do you think it would take you to sit and read that book? I I take my time over it, yeah.
1: because I've, I've read it many, many, many times, as you can imagine, and I like to sometimes go over certain... It can be a difficult book to read. If you've ever read, say, any of Tolkien's stuff... I've not. No? I oh, will. <laughs> It's difficult, well, Lord of the Rings, for instance, is a difficult um, difficult read uh, to mm. sort of understand what's going on. Um, there's a lot of old talk uh, in War of the Worlds. Um, a lot of old English is spoken. Uh, so sometimes you've got to go back on yourself and uh, and sort of like, oh, hang on a minute, what does that mean kind of thing. And and some of the, the, the sentence structure, it looks a bit odd. It reads a bit odd, should I say. Um, but um It works.
0: It sounds it sounds like um, what I, what what it would be like for a, an English person to read an every Welsh book. <laughs> yeah, I
1: <like>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I think I'll definitely try and get that at some point because um, but but I'm like that when I'm reading books, I I, I end up going back and reading the same page again to understand yeah. it. Exactly. <laughs> you you'll find yourself doing that with uh, all the worlds,
1: yeah. <clears throat> you also find yourself getting a bit. Um, well I, I certainly did uh, well, nearly every time I read it there are certain sequences and the way it's described at certain parts especially in the blood draining sequence um, about the, uh, the mass deaths of what, uh, one of the weapons that the Martians have called the black smoke and they have this method of pumping this very thick acrid smoke that hugs the ground and because they're on tripods it can't affect them but everyone that's on the ground it Suffocates completely and it's like a, a blanket that covers the ground it's a horrible description the way someone's choking on this stuff yeah and the Martians dis- just get, disperse it by spraying steam into it and it turns into soot so that everything is covered in a fine layer of black soot and there's descriptions of bodies you know, convulsing bodies covered in this black soot which is Very nice picture to image in
0: your head. Yeah, I'm picturing it now. Certainly (laughs) hits you. Well, seeing as we're talking about books, we're in the last 10 minutes of the show, right? But seeing as we're talking about books and we're talking about Red Dwarf, Hmm. just uh, briefly, have you read any of the Red Dwarf books? Have I read
1: any of the Red Dwarf books? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've got them all. You've got them (laughs) all? Yeah, I've got them all and I've read them all many times. Yes.
0: Yeah, I I read through them. There's four, isn't there?
1: Uh, four main books, yes. Two obviously, the, the last two branch off, uh, depending on which way you want the story to go.
0: Yeah, I got them all off the uh, eBay about six years ago, and I've still got the last one to re- to read. I keep, I, I don't know why I keep kind it for a special occasion. Is it backwards or
1: last human? Which one?
0: The last human. Last human. Yeah.
1: I have the two of them. I prefer last human because it's the more sci-fi for me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I, I prefer the way it goes with the. Uh, the Kachansky storyline, and um, I prefer that one. Backwards, I find a very a, a too much dark humour in it. Yeah. Um, now I don't mind a bit of dark humour as much as the next person, but I don't really like a lot of dark humour in Red Dwarf. Um, when there's a little bit, that's fine. Um, but there's certain parts when I think oh, wish I wish they hadn't have done that. Um, I believe there's an episode. The episode Demons and Angels in this yes. series. I don't like the bit. I know it's a gag and I know it's going to sound like I'm a bit of a squeamish git here, but I don't like the bit when Lister stabs the high self, and he stands there, spurting out blood, and he says, oh, I'm so sorry, I've dirtied your knife. <laughs> I know it's a that, that's gag and all that, I know, great. but I think it's a bit dark, isn't
0: it? I mean, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, I didn't think about it like that. Yes, was it was pretty dark, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I just remember that. The in episode, the, the the tarantula, Oh, he stuff to transfer in his face. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: that's pretty nasty. But you see, that's that's the odd thing. With with, with you know the, the the silly thing with the, with the blood spurring, I'm not really a fan of all that kind of humour. I don't like all that. I, I prefer a little bit more, um, should we say, um, something more, a little bit more grown up. You know, do you understand that? Yeah, yeah. I get I get what you mean. Yeah. It's like Oh, I like Monty Python, but the later Monty Python stuff I detested. Yeah. Because all they wanted to do was spray blood all over the place, and you think, well, that's just not funny. Yeah, that's,
0: yeah, I know what you mean. That's they're just getting. They're, that's, yeah.
1: that's, that's running out of ideas, really. Yeah, but it's, yeah. It's just shock tactics, isn't it? Yeah. Um,
0: but on the other hand, of course,
1: other bits, like, going back to where it dropped, other bits, like the spinal implant, I found that bit hilarious. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can remote control a person.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but- Absolutely. Uh okay, we better move on to your uh luxury right item before we run out of time. Um your luxury right item, uh well, it's a bit of a, yeah, of, a... a controversial one but I'm Yeah. Hoping, uh, I, I did think about it, I think I might change it at the eleventh hour. Right, on you go on you go then, what's gonna be your luxury right? item? Well, we'll tell everyone what it was. It, it was a BlackBerry, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a BlackBerry. I
1: i, I think I was just cheating by saying I could be able
0: to stay in contact with people. Yeah, technically, I, any I take, uh, don't. Don't get me wrong; it's just, a, it's just a laugh. I'm not going to restrict. Yeah.
1: It. No, it I know. I, I think I was just being too a bit too clever. All <laughs> <Or> lazy. <laughs> um, no, uh, we actually believe it or not. The other thing I was going to pick, which I actually wrote down before I put that thing, which you just heard in the background there. Um, mm-hmm was my red dwarf collection that's what i would take
0: oh good call
1: we've just talked about it and we're well, part of it at least and
0: yeah
1: it's up there on the top shelf right of place and
0: have you got all the dvds for the with the picture of the side?
1: i have got yeah. uh, all the dvds i've got uh, all the VHS as well all, all the all the vhs's that were released up until series eight
0: Oh, I've, I've not got all the VHS, I've got the first three
1: series, I think, the VHS. I've, and I've also got the first three series VHS remastered. Uh, as have I, yes. Which were Obviously, they were done as, a, as an attempt to break the American market.
0: Yeah, they were, they were, I, thought, I thought they were very good.
1: I thought they were very good as well, but they decided that they didn't sell well enough in the States, so therefore they didn't bother remastering the rest of it. Yeah. Of course, by the time you get to Series 7, they they're already using that kind of graphics in the show,
0: so you don't yeah. need to remaster it. Yeah, but four, five and six could have done with it.
1: They, yeah, they could have. Yeah. Especially, especially um six, actually. Six six would have benefited from a lot, I think. Even though six does contain one of the best episodes, of course.
0: Which well, uh, has gone rain of the apocalypse. Of, of course. Of course. yeah, and yeah.
1: yeah I'm very um, yeah. I've even got um, I've got the SMEG ups tapes both on VHS and D V D. Yep, detour did, on that. <laughs> yeah, snag ups and snag outs. I, I've also got a limited edition box set called Six of the Best, which okay. has got uh, an episode show. It's, it's got an interview on a CD with Grant and Ayla and Ed Bye. Right. And Ed Bye interviewing them in a sort of pseudo way. And then they're going, like this, just like we're talking about now, going through their, their selections of their for best episodes from the first six seasons. Cool. And that's on the two VHS tapes. All oh. the books, uh, the quiz books, and uh, a stand-up copy of Rimmer. <laughs> um, I've got all the, postca- all the postcards, uh, the greetings cards. Cool. Um, and the audio books on cassette.
0: Oh, class.
1: Including the radio show, which is very rare.
0: Or uh, Dave Horns or what it's called. That's uh, the space, space, yeah.
1: yeah. Is it
0: Space Cadet or something? Dave Holland's Space Cadet. Yeah. yeah. Son of Cliché. Son series. of Cliché, that's it. And a lovely model of Starbug. Well, I was going to say, uh, when I was collecting the, the DVDs when they came out, I got uh, two limited editions. Uh, was season five, I got the Starbug toy with yep. it. Yeah, that's right, I'm, yeah. I must have kept the whole box now. So stupid. But anyway, I've got a Starbug toy, which, by the way, I broke the leg off of with some gutter about. In <laughs> yeah. uh, the Series 8, I got the Scutter.
1: Yeah, that's right, the scutter. You can also get Blue Midget as well. There's another one. <gasps>
0: with which, which series was that with?
1: Um, no, you couldn't get it with a series, you can get it separately. Oh
0: right. Yeah, as a model.
1: You could also get a uh airfix Crichton model as well. Cool. Which I don't have unfortunately. Um I did have I have still got them, I had cufflinks, uh, a coaster, computer coaster. Um, a paperweight, or oh, loads
0: of Red Dwarf stuff, and
1: obviously you know I've got loads of t-shirts as well because you've seen them on my videos. So.
0: Yeah, put you in a spot. Yeah, like those t-shirts. Put you in a spot. Favorite Red Dwarf Red Dwarf character. <laughs> what, what's that? That was uh, the voiceover woman. Oh, okay. okay. Sorry. Um, Favorite Red Dwarf
1: character. Yes. Lister. Lister. Yeah.
0: Without hesitation.
1: Without hesitation.
0: Lister. Means as means as a cat.
1: Yours is the cat. Oh, I, I, I I'm not going to discriminate at all because all of them are brilliant. All, yeah, oh yeah. them oh, yeah. are brilliant. It's very fine lines. I love them. I love them all. They're all, they're all,
0: they're all good in their, their own way. I think. Mm. But Lister, yeah, he's my favourite. Ian Boyle's the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Do you not think um, Crichton became a bit annoying in the later series? So.
1: Uh, yes. Yeah. I do.
0: All oh, whiny and stuff. I, I think they were just. They were they were pushing like we were saying, they were
1: pushing a gag too much. Yeah. I think. Um yeah. it, it he he it, he actually got better in um Back to Earth and um series ten. Yeah. Uh, I think they I think they dumbed down that sort he got a bit ma in, yeah, especially in series eight. Yeah. He got really manic at certain points.
0: There was a there was a particular um episode that was fun in season eight though, in his um when we've done the Clayton TV, I thought that was Crate quite funny. Clayton TV, yeah, yeah. we've well, got, got reprogrammed. Don't don't worry about that. Um, what the listeners can't hear is we'll get a voiceover saying 10 seconds left. Don't worry. <laughs> um, the show won't end if we need to talk for now a couple of minutes. Let's cool. go."
1: Um, yes, um, Clayton. He was he was, was reprogrammed like kill crazy. Yes. Which, to do the was, TV. Uh, I forgot his name. He was the he's the guy that's in East End Enders now, Jake something, isn't he? Yes.
0: Yeah. So it's this
1: brilliant gag. Oh, one of the funniest in that is actually when he, when, he, when, he, when he comes out of the submarine and he goes let's go kill something and then knocks himself out on yeah, the door hatch. yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's match brandon i think my favorite scene from series 8 was probably the delayed time fight i just thought that was so clever what are the delayed the delayed time fight where they get beaten up lister and river get oh beaten. yeah they get Sorry. beaten up by kill crazy and baxter but yeah. they've been zapped by the time wand yeah, so they don't feel the effects. But then when they're in front of Hollister later, they get they feel the effects of the fight. Got oh,
0: you, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> it, just genius. Hollister, horses, what the hell's up with you? Yeah, That's that, Genius, that. That's, genius. Right, that's genius. I must that was quite funny. Yeah. Favorite series of Red Wolf.
1: Oh, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> well, strange enough, um, most people say three. Mm. I'm not going to say three. Some people say six. I'm not. I'm going to say seven. Ooh, controversial! I know it's, it's very. It, 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 all my friends say that as well. They say why seven? I I'll tell you why seven. Um, it also contains which probably another question you're going to ask me is what my favourite episode is. it? kill two
0: birds <laughs> with two stones.
1: No, <laughs> kill two birds <laughs> with two know, one stone. Do you think, one, I think we might? I think we might have to. Yeah. Uh, my favourite episode is actually a robberous. Ah. Uh, uh, series, which is episode 3, series 7. Our Robo Ross, yes. Our Robo Ross. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, I'll tell you why, it's not, it's not content of Gags, or, anything like that. I mean, if you're going for content of Gags, Polymorph, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and the concept of Polymorph is brilliant, isn't it? Um, again, again, it's all fine lines, but, um Ross and series 7, it feels like, they complete Lister's storyline, in that. Yeah. Um. They obviously open it up again at the end of Series 7 after what happens to him with the nanarchy vi- uh, with the uh, Aberdeen virus. Yeah. But yeah. With, 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 with ending Rimmer's storyline, that feels complete. And then it also feels complete that they've sort of looped around Lister's storyline and now you know why he exists. Yeah. And why, why he's where he is. And, and I think after that they can branch out with the other characters. They do with the cat, of course. Yeah. Um, and they so sort of, they sort of wrap up this this storyline there, and he can, he can move on from this cycle of why is he the last human kind of thing. They moved that on. I like that, and the same with Rimmer. Now, you know, you got a reason of Rimmer now. Yeah. Why is he such an insufferable prat as he's called?
0: <laughs> there was also a cut episode which Sam never made it, but um, it's one of the, one of the extras on. Um, on on the I think it's maybe a seven. Uh, See the seven DVD There's an extra. It's expo- supposed to be a cat episode that was supposed to go out on um, season four. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I,
1: yes, yes. I vaguely remember it. Yes, um, I did read. I did read the um, storyboard to that. Um, I'm going back a bit now, so I can't exactly remember. Mm. But I think I definitely read something about that on the uh, with the Red Wolf's magazine years back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the the, the things about it is what's called the missing episode, uh, which is an episode called Dad, which actually ended up as the intro to uh, Series 3 backwards. That's how it ended up. Mm. And that was penned to be a transition between the end of Series 2 and Series 3, and the beginning of Series 3, where lots of changes happened, of course. Because at the end of Series 2, obviously, we know Lister's pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> with the parallel universe babies yeah the episode dad was originally planned to be the opener to series 3 oh yeah I remember awesome. and oh, yeah. the script included A Lister uh, giving birth uh, B the children aging too quickly because they were in the wrong universe yeah literally been three days but Jim and Bexy are 18 years old so they yeah. have to return to the parallel universe yeah Upon returning to the power of the universe, Holly, at that point, decides he's fallen completely in madly in love with Hilly. And they <laughs> realise that they can't, they've got to go back to their own universe. So therefore, he decides to perform the head sex change and turn himself into Hilly's image. Yes. All these things were in that episode. Ah, so yeah. it would have been nice to have seen it happen. Uh, yeah. But due to budget constraints and the fact they, I think Grant and Naylor felt the script wasn't funny enough. It, was, it had the content, but it wasn't strong enough to act as a whole episode so they condensed it into that Star Wars parody of course which happens yeah. at the beginning of backwards
0: yeah this was all this was all listed um, at the start of um, series three and the, the mm-hmm. Star Wars uh, style credits. yes the parody um, at the beginning yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: where you got to slow the takedown to read it <laughs>
0: yeah I, I think my favourite episode um, is one called Terraform yes uh, Rumours Mindscape Yeah. Yes. where the planet
1: reads Rimmer's mindset and turns, makes a makes a a, a, an environment out of his crazy mind. Yes.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. One of my favourite moments in Red Dwarf was in that episode where, uh, (laughs) where uh, despite the Lister's hands, Satan's hands growing up from Lister's leg. And he's oh, taking yeah. a computer Oh yes, yes, yes <laughs> And the class, Oh you're playing that dummy adventure game again Yeah, brilliant Yeah <laughs> And then And then so he goes, goes I'm scared You're scared You haven't seen it <laughs> oh, I've, got, I've
1: got I've got, a tra- I've got a Trench there With an eye on The size of a meatball setting up home <laughs> In my joy department <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Help, Help
0: me <laughs> <laughs> Yeah That
1: was classic mm, It was fantastic great, <laughs> It's great writing He's yeah, just great writing. There's so many moments in uh, Dwarf where I think. Look, the problem is it just turns so many people off because it's so sci-fi, and a lot of people go, oh, well, "I'm not watching that. It's not funny." No, but it is. It's classic sitcom, but in a sci-fi world. Yeah.
0: it is.
1: It is proper classic sitcom.
0: I mean, when you think about it, the first couple of seasons, I keep calling the seasons. I'm being Americanized. The first couple of seasons <laughs> uh, were very. You could have, you could have put it on a, on a stage. You know, it's very. Mm. those two are in the bunks. List They on the bunks. It's very, all, to do, all to do with budget constraints? That's yeah, what. but it's very character driven. Yeah. Uh, you can forget. You can forget the the space. Something well, sort of. But you know what I mean? Because <laughs> well, I think I think that was that was that was um,
1: pitch to the BBC. Yeah. When they, when they came up with the original concept, and they, it was it was not back three times. Yeah. Uh, by, I think it was uh, Gareth Gwendolyn who was the chief of the BBC at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, he knocked it back, saying it's not sitcom, people aren't going to like this. da 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 And he said he described a sitcom to be French windows, a sofa. <laughs> <laughs> and, all this. and he says, well, it is, as long as you can have androids lasering people's heads off at the same time. <laughs> that's, how they, um, that's how they managed to get it. Well, they got it to Manchester by complete accident, of course. Yeah. Um, because... It was an empty time slot that they still had in the BBC Manchester studios, which ironically now is the biggest BBC headquarters. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was due to be um, Ben Elton's Happy Families 2. That's what the slot was allocated for. Mm -hmm. Uh, But of course he never wrote Happy Families 2. Thank God. Yeah, fuck yeah. (laughs) And it became Red Wolf and the rest is history. And the reason why there's two series is, is and thats another accident there's so many accidents with this series <laughs> is that um it was commissioned before the first run of the first season was even completed yeah because if they'd have seen the, the original viewing figures for the first season they would never have commissioned another second season
0: <laughs> that was a happy accident
1: yeah it was a happy accident and then it for some reason got very popular after the second season
0: yeah. i think
1: it helped by episodes like Creek. yeah because
0: that is an amazing episode I love that episode yeah that was that was a that was a Holly episode really wasn't it that was Holly's yeah. moment Holly's, Holly's yeah. chest and resistance <laughs> I just I, I could I could have picked Holly's my favourite character actually the, the first Holly obviously not the not yeah. the, the Hattie Heritage but fine um, character John <laughs> yeah but it's trust first person yeah. that played the, the the male version of Holly it comes back before the head spot yeah I know he comes back Um <laughs> so it's, it's, I like his deadpan of humour oh yeah fantastic yeah. especially yeah, the practical <coughs>
1: excuse
0: me <coughs> the practical joke is hilarious yeah the one is uh, is that the one he tells him about his about yeah, uh, Queeg. Queeg being a joke yeah yeah that one there's also the one he he told him that he'd oh uh, he the, Nor-
1: the Norweb Federation
0: yeah that's just yeah. man in the world <laughs> the, the, yeah. the half his money went to Norweb yeah <laughs> There's one Norweb? He
1: let a light, left a light on in the bathroom.
0: <laughs> he said, "Do you know? Do you
1: know what happens to sausages that are left alone for three million years?" No. <laughs> Your sausages, net, na- na- Dave, now cover three eighths of the Earth's surface. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, what was the what other one? Uh, he invented whole rock.
1: Oh yeah. He invented a new rock. <laughs> hey, well, he got the octave and the decative. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and two new notes, H and J. <laughs> Classic. Oh, William, William, yeah, definitely. That would be what I would definitely be taking to an island. The whole collection. Yeah.
0: So, just what, smart, just <laughs> one. Just uh, Just for a quick moment before we before we finish up, because I know it's past eleven. Uh, there other one that I was in, actually the one about the full I think it's in series four, uh, the one where in that, they go to that kind of wax world uh, meltdown. Yeah, meltdown. And they're, and they're, unbeknownst to them, they. Uh, well they're in a dark passageway but unbeknownst the to them it's like a like chimney and they're slagging off what they kind of hitler yeah. <laughs> all that oh, doing it, it yeah yeah.
1: It. yeah that one's a turn transvestite <laughs> <I, laughs> you know what the funniest thing about that is the funniest thing about that scene is actually the outtake did you ever see the smeg up of that one I would have done because of... they're they in it and like, no list, <laughs> list of six to Zippo and he looks at the wall and it says, Stone. Yeah? But in the outtake, he knocks it with his hand. Of course, it's not stone, it's a wood take. He flicks the light and he goes, Stone. <laughs> 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 yeah,
0: I've seen that, yeah. yeah. I, 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 my memory is refreshed. <laughs> <laughs> oddly enough, oddly
1: enough, Meltdown is actually considered um, the least popular episode. Oh, of that episode? I, yeah, yeah. Uh, oddly. I don't know why. The fans... Voted that one of the least popular episodes.
0: No, I would I would say that's my top five mm. easily. Yeah. yeah, I'd slow a bet when I look at Elvis. Can I run around in did 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 did
1: thank the, you very
0: much. I the mean machines. Whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: the, I I think a lot of the hardcore fans uh, sort of like got a bugbear about the fact that, oh, hang on a minute, if they've got this teleportation device that can take them anywhere, why don't they just go home?
0: Yeah, I, I think know. a lot of
1: people had a had a bit of the arse about that. But I, I've always said something like that. I said, if you really want to nitpick about the continuity, I in Red Dwarf. Don't bother watching it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you could, can see
0: yeah. you can see the same about Series Seven when they go back to, to they have to get a curry. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, they could say they could do it then. Yeah, they could.
0: Yeah. Many opportunities to do yeah. it, but it's, it's yeah, you know, if you keep
1: picking, it's not fun, is it? So yes. And of course, they've already proven. Because that that is actually an interesting thing, because they already proved, like earlier on in the, in the in the series, that you can't go back and kill yourself. But they get Kennedy to do it. Yeah. So how how have they managed to do that? Kennedy couldn't technically kill himself, if they are going by the laws of time. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> let's not go down that road. We'll Trusting no. things. <laughs>
0: Well, anyway, uh, I better let you go. It's ten tempi- Well, nearly quarter past. I better get,
1: get that because uh, he said a cheese sandwich earlier. And give given to Chris. So I better go and get myself a cheese sandwich because.
0: Got yeah. me up. So. I'm going to have cheese and toast. <laughs> okay, nice. And 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 carry on with my Red Dwarf watch for now.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to um, go and probably watch the rest of your Gattis.
0: Does Ireland now? Well, thanks again, Chris, for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure.
1: Yes, same here, John. Thanks, fantastic. Thank you very much. Shag me uh, on.
0: No problem. It's, it's been a privilege. And just to finish up, um, I should say that this Friday, happy on Retro Online Live, it's uh, Retro Online 25. Nice. So make sure you tune in for that, people, if you're still with us. You're <laughs> <laughs> <It's gonna> awake. <laughs> <laughs> if you're awake. Yeah. Right, so okay. thanks again, Chris, and I'll speak to you soon. Cheers. Thank you very much, John. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.